0: good evening ladies and marks you are tuned in to the standards of greatness podcast and now the host of the show the wrestling god evan jones and the alpha angel brian Mead. good evening everyone uh welcome to the standards of greatness podcast uh we want to send a special thank you to hayden aka cft for his special introduction yeah
1: that was a great intro hayden uh and you definitely have a voice for uh radio and a face to match man thank you very much for that (laughs) awesome intro uh
0: yeah uh so lots of exciting news in the world of wrestling with wwe aew uh efeds and more uh we've got a lot to talk about so let's dive in Um,
1: exciting night planned
0: yeah so first and foremost um We're going to jump with WWE. Um, Welcome to WWE, where the rules don't matter and they don't make sense.
1: What do we really have to do this? This is just going to break my heart, man. Uh, There was a time time I really enjoyed the draft. I really enjoyed the brand split, and now I don't even know what the hell it means anymore.
0: I honestly have a hard time enjoying WWE as a whole these days. Uh, I do enjoy SmackDown. There are bright spots. I'm not just going to shit on the product just because it's WWE. AEW has its faults too. Um, But this made zero fucking sense to me. So the WWE draft started this last week on Friday Night SmackDown. uh, But it somehow doesn't go into effect until after Crown Jewel, which we'll get into in a little while.
1: But even making less sense to me than that. Is how in the hell do you draft someone who's already on your show? First, first draft pick Roman Reigns is staying on SmackDown. There's no excitement. Big E is staying on Raw.
0: Yay! There's there's no there's no excitement. Like the draft, you used to get excited about. You used to care about it. You used to wonder where your favorite superstar was going to wind up, and you know the whole concept behind it seems ruined, in my opinion. It, I mean,
1: for me, I always look at the draft like, I, I always thought the draft should be held on one night. I always thought it should be held on one night. I liked it when you had the matches where, like, you have one superstar from Raw, one superstar from SmackDown. They win a pick. Winning side, they get a pick. Um, I would have even been down with splitting it up where, like, all the picks are earned on one show, and then we do... We, you know, we uh, we announced our choices on the yeah. other show. I could have been down with something like that, uh, but what I really, what I really wanted to see, to be honest, was just a solid one-on-one match. Be- and it's always this way. I always want to see a solid one-on-one match between the SmackDown champion and the Raw champion. Like I really would have just enjoyed one good solid match. You don't even need a story behind it between Roman and Big E. I, I could have.
0: The thing is is you've got two guys who are capable of going. That match doesn't need to end clean. You can protect both of them. You've got the human wrecking machine known as Brock Lesnar to show up out of nowhere and just cause havoc. Like there are a million ways you could be creative with this and they've managed to make it boring.
1: <laughs> just just that main event <coughs> with the guys involved. You throw Biggie against Roman Reigns. Imagine by the end of it you've got Bobby Lashley, you've got Brock Lesnar, you've got Bill Goldberg. All, all out there with with ways that make sense. Drew McIntyre, all guys that make sense to be out there. That's an exciting finish to a show. Um, it's Instead, not, we got Raw this week.
0: It's not crash cart booking either. And I've seen a lot of fans comparing it to like Vince, Ru- that whole concept being Vince Russo crash cart booking. That's not crash cart booking. Crash cart bookings WCW in the year 2000.
1: Not that this really feels a whole lot better of it.
0: <laughs> no, I'm mean, this is late WCW vibes to me, and I swear to God, get Bruce Pritchard away from the product.
1: Alright. Well, highlights. Let's let's at least talk about the highlights.
0: Alright, so my favorite point of the entire evening was Babyface Brock Lesnar's interaction with Jeff Hardy backstage. The fact that he's used Brock Lesnar on his own is using mind games to mess with Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns. I gotta say, this fresh new take on this rivalry and on Lesnar—it's making me actually care about it now. Reigns has been the guy now; well, he's carrying well, you know
1: the company. You know what it is. You know what it is, Evan. I, like I, it took me, it took me a minute to figure this out because Brock Lesnar has always had Paul Heyman there to kind of like whisper in his ear, and I've been wondering who is it that's whispering in Brock Lesnar's ear. It's taken me a couple weeks, but right here on the Standards of Greatness podcast, I'm going to break it. You ready?
0: Break it open, buddy.
1: It's the man bun. The man bun is the secret.
0: So it's, it's whispering
1: all the the mind games into Lesnar's ear.
0: Okay, so it's got some some Simpsons. Uh, presidential vibes, as we'll call it.
1: That's right. It's got a mind all its own, and when Lesnar and Roman meet in the ring, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be the man bun that makes the difference.
0: <laughs> um, so that was kind of the highlight. I... I'm i not super stoked on a lot of the rest of the show, but there, there are some, uh- some mid-level stuff.
1: I I enjoyed the uh, the Jeff Hardy um, selfie moment then not you know knocking him out taking another selfie. This is this is quality heel stuff.
0: Uh yeah, I thought that was on raw, I could be mistaken. Um
1: that was, that was on raw. I'm okay. sorry. I'm kind of jumping the gun. I, I'm looking for any bright light here I mean <sighs> yeah it, it's, I, I, I enjoyed seeing Becky Lynch
0: I mean most of us you I don't know, know what do you want from me everybody's got <laughs> red heads um, so yeah uh, Smackdown itself wasn't terrible like I've seen worse episodes uh, i tell you one thing I'm not happy with what the fuck are they doing to our boy Kevin Owens
1: um, that would be jobbing Evan, that would be called jobbing. Jobbing. That would be, for, uh, for all you, that would be it, trying to uh, to lower the value of a talent just prior to their contract coming up, so that you have more negotiating power in the hopes that they will be worth less to a another product like I don't
2: know, maybe uh, W, <laughs> AEW. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now in all seriousness, uh, Baron Corbin or Happy Corbin. Uh, with Madcap Moss, which let's not get me started on that, uh, defeated Kevin Owens. Um, I think it's a, a very good indication that Kevin's on his way out the door. Um, it's a shame. Kevin, He's a former Universal Champion. You know, he can talk. Kevin
1: Owens did have an interesting, I don't know if you saw this, interesting tweet earlier this week where um, a fan had, had remarked that There are uh, there's a lot of people who are willing to just jump on any bandwagon, essentially, when they hear a rumor of the rumor implied this time being Kevin Owens not being happy in the WWE. Kevin Owens likes liked the tweet, which is just kind of an interesting interaction out there. But then again, Kevin Owens is the kind of mind gaming son of a bitch that like, how would you ever Kevin Owens is the kind of guy who can kayfabe you to death? Like, yeah, that's why I love Kevin Owens.
0: Yeah, I mean, the match wasn't terrible, but it wasn't it just didn't look good. Um I did enjoy the little tidbit where Roman Reigns told Paul or told the Usos to go to Raw and to make sure Heyman made sure they got drafted to SmackDown or to leave him dead there. I thought that was quite interesting. They're expanding and then kind of expunging upon that dynamic a little bit. Uh so there's some some bright spots there. Um they broke up the New Day again, for some oh. fucking reason, um, even though they just had a Netflix oh. special with the New Day on it come out Wednesday, which we'll get to later.
1: Uh, you know, coming up this next week, we have the King and Queen of the <laughs> Ring, respectively. Uh, I love how we got a whole week's worth of build-up. For the King of the Ring tournament again.
0: Is it even going to um, matter? We don't know who's going to be in it.
1: <laughs> I don't know who's going to be in it. Uh, but God, at this point, I, I hope Xavier Woods is. Please, I think- like, you, he needs something. You got to do something with Xavier Woods to put, bring him up to that level now with, with Kofi and with Big E.
0: So for me, how I would do it, I would... I would borrow from the bag of tricks that they used with Owen Hart when he won the King of the Ring. Xavier could be the jealous friend. Big E, Kofi both had success. Xavier's got that chip on his shoulder. He goes out there and he wins the King of the Ring, and then he challenges Big E to the match and turns heel on Big E in the match. There's a million ways you could tell that story, but like, do something to elevate him and to shake this up because... I don't want Biggie's title reign to be a waste.
1: Oh no, no! And I think we, you know, we talked just a couple weeks ago about how we would both like to see some of these. You know, if you're going to break up the New Day, let us see some of these matchups. Then, like these, these can be really high quality, well, uh, well executed in terms of story uh, matches that we can enjoy. You have a chance, WWE. Uh, please don't. Pull a WWE. Can we talk about AW or do we have to? Talk we about we've got
0: us. We got to slug through this, buddy. Um, unfortunately, oh, we probably hurts. won't be getting any of those matches because the New Day is now on SmackDown and Biggie is on Raw. Uh, so, exciting. Uh, I, I so kinda, exciting! I I kind of I. So there was kind of an awkward angle this last week with Edge and Seth Rollins on SmackDown where Edge came out, cut the promo, you know, dared Seth Rollins to come extract a retirement speech, retirement out of him. Um, Rollins wasn't there. He was actually at the Copeland residence in Asheville, North Carolina, uh, invading Edge's house. And I got to say, it's a, it's an interesting way to take it. We haven't seen the home invasion angle in a while, um, my big thing that I thought was really interesting was Edge was on the phone talking to Beth Phoenix. He he said he was going to call uh, FTR shoot. like He used their shoot names because they live in Asheville, North Carolina, too. As soon as that happened on there, uh, Dax from FTR tweeted out, we'll go over there and we'll uh, strangle that skinny little bitch. Implying, you know, Rollins. I thought that was a, a cool way to kind of you know, remember a team and remember people to help train him, train with him on his return, because FTR played a role in that.
1: An interesting, an interesting, cool cross promotional kind of like, you know, not not taking shots at the other company, which is done all the damn time. We, 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 I'm, I'm we've over seen it every company under the sun take another shot at, at somebody else, but. This time, it's just kind of an acknowledgement of of the workers in the business. I really like that. I really like that a lot.
0: I did, too. Um, So, the next one's kind of awkward. We've got Lib Morgan facing Carmella, and I'm over this feud. Uh, They had Carmella put on this, like, sparkly gray silver mask, and the moment I looked at it, it just reminded me of the handsome Squidward from Spongebob when I was a kid. And, yeah, I, I'm not feeling it. Uh, hopefully, with Liv Morgan being on SmackDown and Carmella now on Raw, we will not we have seen the end of this because I'm bored to death of it.
1: It's about as exciting as a Pete Dunne interview. <laughs>
0: uh, there was a really exciting eight-man tag match. Uh, we have uh, the New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods teaming with the Street Profits versus Otis and Chad Gable of the Alpha Academy and Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Uh, I thought it was a really cool way to kind of you know highlight the tag team division. We haven't really seen a whole lot of the Street Profits for a little while. We've seen them you know here and there. Uh, it's good to see uh, them back healthy, back on uh, on TV. Uh, New Day and the Street Profits pick up the win. Uh, I thought that was a really good match. Uh, it wasn't a you know barn burner. It wasn't Omega versus Danielson or anything, or Steamboat versus Savage. <laughs> but like for you know a tag match, it was really really good for WWE. Okay.
1: It is kind of cool because honestly, um, if you if they were ever going to expand the New Day, if they were going to like add more members, I could have totally seen the the Street Profits joining the New Day. Like yeah. that that the energy. Uh, is very similar, and you know it's just a, it's a very positive, very feel good, uh, bordering on comical, but still able to get intense kind of energy. Yeah. I really like. I've always been a street, I've been a Street Profits fan since the first time I saw him on NXT. Yeah, I, I remain a Street Profits fan to this day.
0: Yeah, there was rumors that they were going to break them up and put Montez Ford on SmackDown and um, Hawkins on uh, Raw. Uh, and to me that just gave me some serious heavy machinery vibes uh,
1: I I don't really see at this and this isn't a knock on either of them because like I just said I'm a huge I'm a mark
0: they're not what are you going to
1: do with them if you separate them
0: they're not singles guys there's a reason that their, their tag team works so well is that they work off of each other very well their energy matches each other you take that out of the equation you might as well just release them just yeah. save us the ninety yeah. days of headaches, and you know that's it's not fair to them at that point. Uh, yeah, it was hard to read that because I'm a street street Profits guy myself. I like the new day. Uh, you know, I, I, all the teams in this I, I like and enjoy watching. Um, then we had Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. Uh, Becky Lynch came out there on commentary. Um. Seemed very obvious to me how this was going to go. Uh, and it, it went exactly how I thought Becky would interfere. Mm-hmm. The random part was that Charlotte came out and took out Becky. Or not Becky. Um, Bianca. Bianca. Yeah. Um, to me, this just seemed like an overbooked mess for a main event.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, um. <laughs> I really like Bianca Belair. I want to I want to get that out out here first. I I really like Bianca Belair, but I feel like almost you got to do something different. I think they're booking her is where is I feel like you book her hair yeah. more more than you book her.
0: They booked her hair to be stronger than her.
1: Yeah. And the only hair in the WWE that we know to be theoretically strong is Brock Lesnar's man bun.
0: Brock Lesnar's man bun. As we
1: covered earlier.
0: You know, it almost makes me wonder if he's taking some of that in Chew.
1: And that brings us to our first ad of the evening. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to pick up your Enforced Chew today. Make sure you are a King Dominator in the bedroom and not a Michael Minor. Pick up your Enforced Chew today. And if you go online to EnforcedChew.com and use the code Standards of Greatness, you can get 20% off of your first order of Enforced Chew brought to you by Whiskers Brand Products. Thank you. And uh, let's move on. Let's move on, Evan. Alrighty.
0: So next up was Monday Night Raw. Uh, to me, uh, Raw was worse than SmackDown by <coughs> quite a while. Uh, or By quite uh, a, it, quite a mile. And, it,
1: and you know what's it, what's sad is last week it really wasn't that that bad. Like it was. It was good. I, 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 I had I, this feeling like we were on an upswing. I thought we were going to start doing things better.
2: It's such
0: good shit.
1: Grapefruits. Sweaty
0: grapefruits. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, they kicked off the show with Becky Lynch coming out and just declaring she was the newest member of Raw, which was kind of awkward considering how they handled the draft on SmackDown. It was less of a spectacle, more of a, like, here you go. Um,
1: Hey, it's... If you're, if you're not going to, like, switch people from show to show, then they're just going to have to do it themselves. I applaud Becky Lynch and her taking that command decision to jump ship.
0: Is that enforced you Seth Rollins is taking? Uh, yeah, so they kicked off the evening with a uh, little bit of awkward promo where Bianca came out and was like, you know, let me have my match. And then Charlotte came out. It led to a match between Bianca and Charlotte. Uh, WWE, this is the part that kind of kind of really pissed me off about this whole thing. WWE has a bad habit of treating their audiences like, like we're fucking stupid. And they've done it for decades at this point. Um, uh-huh. They claim this was the first ever meeting, even though last year Charlotte was on NXT faced Bianca in a one-on-one match. Make it make fucking sense. Make it make fucking sense. Uh, so yeah, they had the match... And... Um, Becky got involved... And then Sasha came out and got involved. It it, it was kind of a, a rehashing... Of what they did on SmackDown. Just kind of flipped. Um, to me, it just... This 50-50 booking shit has to stop. If you want your product to succeed... You clearly aren't reading your fan base the way you should. It, it just it, to me it just it reeks.
1: Well, there's a time, there's a time and a place for 50/50 booking. Um, I mean, that's all they I do. I think that's a big miss. but I think there's a big misconception that like cuz you know, you hear you hear the complaints about the 50/50 booking. And sometimes you want the 50-50 booking. But the problem is, if you're always doing the 50-50 booking, then you just get conditioned. Oh, uh, okay, he wins here. Okay, now he's going to win the next week. Now they're going to have a tag team match. and the
0: uh, It's the, predictable. The,
1: the challengers are going to go over and the champion's going to defend the pay-per-view. Yay!
0: Yeah, no, it it's just makes the product very stale and predictable. Um, getting to what you talked about a little earlier, uh we had Damian Priest going one on one with Jeff Hardy in the US title match. Um Priest went over, uh, clean on Hardy. Post match, Austin Theory came out, uh asked for a selfie with Jeff, he said it was his dream. We all could this was clearly gonna be a telegraphed attack, but um it was well done. I think, you know, he'd attacked him and then took another selfie while he was down and you know the post match promo before that with Jeff. You know talking about bringing a new side of himself to WWE. Could we be getting Willow? Willow in the, Willow in the <laughs> WWE? I hope not. Well, I hope not. They're gonna ruin it. They're gonna fuck it up. Uh, what?
1: What? If I was if I was Jeff Hardy, I would sort of say like I don't want to like don't bring Willow in. Like you clearly don't understand these. Extended Hardy uh, personas and characters—they broken. Matt Hardy was arguably the hottest thing in wrestling.
0: Yeah, at one point in time. Yeah, and, and
1: and it came to and it came, you know they came to WWE and immediately fucked it up. And I get there was some legal shit, you know, in the beginning. But even when you got a hold of it. You still Fuck just up. let Matt do his thing. Do Don't fu- make you money. Just let him do his thing.
0: Do fucking Sit better,
1: Jeff. Do fucking better. Hashtag do fucking better. We yeah. need it on a T-shirt, Evan. We got to get you some T-shirts.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm making a lot of money off this uh, this merch, but I can always use another one. You know, we're we're kind of known for for being a, a T-shirt group, right? That's what we were. Nervous. Yeah, we are.
1: We are the
0: T-shirt group. <laughs> uh, moving on, we had Shayna Baszler taking on Dana Brooke. Um, it was a squash match. Like there was a little bit of competitiveness, but I'm glad to see that they're booking Shayna Baszler as a legitimate threat for the first time in God fucking knows how long.
1: I- I'm glad to see Shayna Baszler looking good, but why are you going to down it? Not you. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not speaking of you, Evan. I'm saying the WWE commentary team taking several shots at Dana Brooke that, I, I don't know, it almost came across a little, like... Petty? Vendetta burial-ish. I...
0: Yeah, her time... Did you catch that? that? Yeah, there was some subtle jabs. I don't know if it was necessarily intentional. We're not behind the scenes, so we don't know. But... At this point, I don't know what they're doing with her. They keep putting her in tag teams and then breaking them up. Dana Brooke, she's an okay worker. She's improved a lot from where she was at. Send her back to NXT. Have her work down there. But she doesn't belong in the main Guardians. roster. So she can't, you know, send Ava Marie packing and send Dana Brooke to NXT. Uh,
1: uh, I, I agree 100% with that, uh, especially the first part. Please send Eva Marie Packing. (laughs) I don't ever want to see her on any wrestling product ever again.
0: Yeah. Just wait till she gets inducted to the Hall of Fame. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) You're fucking better. (laughs) Oh, man. So moving on, uh, we have Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo who were feuding last year and now all of a sudden are cool. Taking on Mansoor and Mustafa Ali. Um, Guards and Kareel go over. Um, It was an okay match, but this little mini feud they've got going on, they've given me no reason to care about. My assumptions they're building to having Mansoor and Ali get a win at Crown Jewel. Uh, Yeah, it's. I don't care about this as a fan. Like, they're all great athletes, but, like, they just. The booking and the commentary has given me zero initiative to want to care about this.
1: It, you know, what it reminded me a lot of, honestly, was, um, you know, WCW Monday Nitro when you when you watch that first match and they just throw two cruiserweights in the ring. You know, it's going to be a quality match. You know, you're going to see some 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 decent spots and everything, but there's no real story there, and there's no real depth there, and that that's what. That's what this match felt like to me. That's what the whole thing feels like to me. Yeah. And, um... Yeah. Some, it doesn't have to be that. I mean, especially Mustafa Ali. I really like
2: him.
0: They, uh, they I, really I, screwed up. The whole retribution angle could have been gold. I was sitting in the shower the other day just thinking about how they could have made that angle just so much better. And they did nothing with it. All that talent. Oof, half of them are released.
1: I I, I really think they kind of screwed the pooch though with the the debut of them.
0: Well, yeah, they, they 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 were here to take on the machine, but we have contracts. It's such good shit.
1: We're big sweaty men under these
0: masks. They named me Slapjack. <laughs> it's a sexual thing. <laughs> Low-key, like... What the hell is a burrito? Call him Slapjack. We used to do that back in my day. (laughs) Go on Urban Dictionary and look that up for you folks and kids at home. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, moving on. Uh, The New Day versus the Hurt Business. Uh, New Day went over. It was a decent match, but, like, you just reunited the Hurt Business, and now you're having them lose already. This was... To not, ha- not just that you broke up the New Day. Why do you need the New Day to win? It makes no sense. Makes no sense. My assumption is they're having the New Day join SmackDown to challenge the Usos for the tag titles.
1: Oh, good. I was afraid we were going to see something we had, we'd we seen before. right? You- I, I'm so glad that we can have new, fresh, quality booking because I've never never in my life gotten to see an usos versus new day match do you and, think do you think they'll have any chemistry together like
0: i think it'll be rated r <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> uh yeah uh i mean i love both teams i'm just i really wish they do something with shelton benjamin and um cedric it just it It's one of them things where you kind of hope for the best, but pray that the worst doesn't happen. Um, Here's a highlight of Raw. We had, you know, Drew McIntyre is challenging Big E Langston at Crown Jewel for the WWE Championship. Um, Drew was just drafted to SmackDown this past Friday. Uh, They're in the ring. They're talking. Out comes Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Dolph, you know, comes out taking credit for both men's single success, that so without him they wouldn't be where they're at. Um Yeah, Which there's some validity to. That was what was so cool about that. Right? Like, oh my god, it made sense. There's logic behind this. Holy shit. Um Something I popped for in this whole little dynamic, when they set up the tag match, was when Drew McIntyre called himself Big D. I fucking popped <laughs> for that. Yeah. I fucking popped. I'm just like, Drew McIntyre is a star. He's always looked like a star. He's always, you know, been a star. His ring ability has improved vastly versus his first run of the company. Uh, all indications, I think he's going to be challenging Roman for the Universal title at some point soon. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if that's not a Mania match.
1: I, I think that McIntyre could very well be the one to, to finally put down the, uh, the chief.
0: Somebody's got to at this fucking point. But
1: but, um, you know what I'm what I'm more afraid of is they're gonna just go like this is not this is the match I want to see. All right, listen, WWE. If anyone from WWE is listening, I I I want I want you just listen to one thing. This is my my favorite. Just do me this one solid. I want to see (laughs) Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. I want to see it for the belt. I want to see it at Mania. I want it to be a big, fantastic build, the quality of which that these two guys can put on. So please, don't fuck this up and give it to me in December. Don't fuck this up and give it to me in the next two weeks.
0: You heard the man. Give him his big, sweaty man. God damn it.
1: All right, so two weeks from now, I hope you guys all enjoy watching (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, awkward moment of that though was the fact that they played a little video montage a little later in the show they edited AJ Lee uh, AJ Mendez, CM Punk's wife out of the entire thing even though she was with Big E and Dolph during that time it was really awkward Like it, it, again a case of them treating their audience like they're stupid and don't couldn't possibly remember somebody being with the company
1: You already you already made sure to eclipse her title reign via Abella. I think that's a big enough like slap in the face to aid Bailey. Especially because what what really pisses me off, but like I okay, if you got an issue with CM Punk, I understand you having an issue with CM Punk. You don't need to take it out on his his wife's legacy. Like she did that on her own.
0: Yeah, to me that's just petty. And it's immature. Like, grow the fuck up and do fucking better. Uh, so, a low light, in my opinion, for Raw. Um, Finn Balor got drafted to Raw after just being in the SmackDown main event for Unextreme Rules. Um, no fucking mention of Unextreme Rules' as top rope fiasco. Not one... Mention yet again, the WWE treats their audience like we're fucking idiots. This time, though, it happened a week and a half ago. Do fucking better. Fuck you, Bruce Pritchard, and fuck you, Vince.
1: See, Evan, you're gonna you're gonna feel so foolish when you find out that this storyline has been 28 years in the making. That the guy, the guy. Who, who caused Finn Balor to fall off that top rope. It's the same guy who lifted the belt out of Stone Cold's reach in that ladder match. He's been working behind the scenes for years. He's the real anonymous, anonymous, anonymous general manager. I'm telling you, man, this is all going to come out later on.
0: <laughs>
1: Mark my words.
0: Um. Yeah, so... Afterwards, Hit Row came out earlier in the night for a, or later on with a dark match. Uh, they cut a promo. It was kind of awkward. I'm not feeling it with Hit Row. Recent NXT call ups. Um, you guys can hear more of our opinions on them last week. Uh, we're kind of in agreement with most of how we feel about them. Um, there are some positives. Um, we'll, we'll touch a little more on them when it comes to the NXT 2.0 stuff because, you know, that's where they just came from. Uh,
1: I'm trying not to be negative on Hit Row um, I'm hoping that maybe there can be uh, uh, I'm hoping
0: There's, there can be there a has-
1: measure of like fresh breath into the uh, into the tag team division on Smackdown especially with what we were just talking about with the Usos and the New Day and this whole cycle we've seen this shit before Yeah, Um, I
0: want them to succeed. I just don't. I don't think they're main roster ready. You know, we'll we'll touch more on that here in a little bit. Um, I I
1: agree with you there.
0: Before we get to the um, crown jewel and our thoughts on that happening,
1: ugh, Ugh. that was uh, a terrible dad pun. That was just ugh.
0: Well, I'm a new dad. What do you expect?
1: Oh, no, 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 don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong, uh, nothing brought me more joy than, uh, when, when I could elicit a groan, uh, for, for a good dad joke, so, so take that with the utmost compliment, my friend.
0: All uh, finally, before we hit that, we have the new Netflix interactive special Escape from the Undertaker, featuring the New Day, the newly broken up New Day, um, I watched it myself the other day. Um I successfully managed to get all the way through it on my first go. Uh it was kinda of fun and entertaining. There was it wasn't wrestling per se, like they gave Undertaker more superpowers. I don't wanna give away too many spoilers. Oh, oh good. Like there were some wrestling things, but it was kinda of campy, kinda of corny, but like overall, you know. It wasn't that bad. Like there were some interesting little things. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for too many people, but you'll know it when you see it. And when you see it, feel free to hit me up on social media.
1: Yeah, definitely. Let us know what you think about uh, about about the Undertaker's uh, little adventure there on Netflix, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, any of that stuff. Let us know on our on our Facebook page. We love interacting with you guys.
0: Yeah, and uh, I'm in the process of setting up more of the TikTok. It's been kind of a slow process. Uh, we have an Instagram. I have just recently posted a link to, in our Facebook group to that. Uh, give us a like, follow there. We'll share tons of funny content, pictures, images, stuff like that. Um, now, moving I mean, on. find
1: the best memes sometimes.
0: It's almost you like, really do. It's almost like I make them.
1: Well that that would disappoint me. If I found out that you were making them and not like combing through Google at five o'clock in the morning to bring me high, high quality meme content, like I'm 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 gonna get angry.
0: Uh you might get angry. I, I create some of those. Some of those were you know
1: Alright, we're not talking. We're not speaking <laughs> anymore.
0: But we got to talk yeah, about the, the rest Crown
1: this podcast by yourself. Okay. No, you're going into NXT. I didn't want to talk about this anyways.
0: Oh no, I'm talking about the Crown Jewel. You you dipped out at the wrong moment, son. Oh no. Oh, um no. so Crown Jewel, um for many of you who know me, uh you know I've been bitching about this event existing for years. I am not a fan of it. I don't like a lot of the geopolitical aspect bullshit. Uh, I'm not going to dwell too much on that. Um, to me, it's a blood money uh, event, and I'm going to leave how it. How much
1: ad- money? How much money would the Saudi Arabian government have to pay you in order for you to like this event? <laughs> like, would it two mil? Uh, it cap you out at two mil? Would that be good for you?
0: Ten like, mil, and I'll watch it.
1: Oh, I didn't say no, no, no. You don't need to watch it. You just need. We just needed to just shut up about it.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Uh, five mil. You can't bad mouth it. Five mil. Okay, cool. <laughs> now, in all <laughs> That's seriousness, I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt. I want, you know, I want wrestling to succeed and grow in new places. It, it's, it, for me, all intents and purposes, it's a blood money event. Uh, that said, uh, we've got matches that have been announced so far. They haven't revealed all of them. We've got Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg in a no DQ match, which that was something we actually. Uh. Um, should have touched on in Raw. Uh, they said the word "kill," and Goldberg. A lot. Goldberg said he was going to kill Lashley and break his neck a lot. You know, for a product geared towards kids, they seem to be trying to get a little edgier.
1: Dude, I'm I'm telling you, we're we're about to see something epic. Uh, I'm I'm calling it right now. Arn Anderson going to team up with Bill Goldberg, and they are just going to be the deadliest tag team to ever roam. The wrestling landscape. The Glock
0: and sock connection. He's <laughs> yes, got the Glock, yes. and Bill Goldberg stuffs with a sock.
1: The Golden Guns. Let's call him the Golden ah, Guns. Ah,
0: gross. <laughs> Big, sweaty, bald men. <laughs> uh, no, it's gonna be a no DQ match between these two. Um, so far i I'm fine with Goldberg in this role i don't want him in a title picture if all his matches before this were just him coming back and facing people or and or putting them over and keeping him out of the title picture i'm fine with this match existing i'm fine with it happening i'd prefer if it was on an actual pay-per-view that actually mattered um i'm sure i'm hoping it won't be as bad as taker versus goldberg
1: that's what I'm worried about. And and, and not I see I'm not so worried about the quality of the match. I don't ex- I don't expect a whole lot out of Bill Goldberg. Like it's gonna be five minutes and done.
0: But that's what she said. How,
1: like it, it, <laughs> indeed. Um and that's why you gotta get your enforced chip. But uh Goldberg, despite his matches not being very long if if those matches are the quality that he put on against the undertaker that's dangerous like there was legitimate... like how much da- damage can you do to the human body in 5 minutes it only takes one move to break someone's neck Well, that's if it's the the not thing, like you, you go
0: back and you watch that that undertaker match with goldberg undertakers are lucky to be alive goldberg yeah. himself is lucky to be alive and- Dropped him right on his head Several times it happened. That match should have never happened.
1: Well, if it and did, I it should have happened twenty years ago. And there were there were like a lot of reports that there wasn't like air conditioning in the arena, which you know, so it was like a hundred and some odd degrees in the ring and and, and, and and you know maybe that's maybe you know maybe that's true. But I I don't care. Because I'm I'm just being honest here. I've been out Working outside at indie shows in a hundred degree heat, working with guys who are you know flying across the ring getting blown up. I've been getting blown up. It doesn't matter. You still go out there and do your job. If you need Safely. a minute in a rest hold, you go down for a minute in a rest hold. Yeah.
0: Safely, that's the thing. Safely. Uh, moving, exactly. on, moving on from that, we got Biggie versus Drew McIntyre. We already touched on. Uh, I'm excited to see this. It's a, a new new match dynamic. Uh, we've got Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Um, uh,
1: another match that's never been done before.
0: It at least has a fresh take, a fresh paint job on it. You know, it's it's fresh. There's there's new dynamics.
1: No, no, that you're, that's true. That's very true. I just, I guess part of my issue with it, and it goes back to that whole thing with the Saudi Arabia, and uh, and and these guys basically these princes essentially booking for themselves is how I feel yeah and I feel like they're just like oh and you know what why don't you give us that Wrestlemania main event
0: we want the Undertaker versus Ultimate Warrior Ultimate Warrior has been dead for a couple years
1: oh I mean give us Yokozuna
0: he's been dead longer like <laughs> like I just let's not get me started on that yeah uh, I've ranted yeah. for hours with Brian about this, and uh, he's probably tired of hearing me bitch about it.
1: Uh, well, yeah, it's still more entertaining than NXT. <laughs>
0: uh, we've got a women's match, a triple threat match. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair versus Sasha Bank for the, Banks for the SmackDown women's title. Uh, I'm intrigued to see what they do. I'm fairly certain Becky's keeping that title. Well, no, she got drafted to Raw, so maybe there's an interesting dynamic where she keeps the title and then her and Charlotte trade, or maybe Charlotte just ruins the match. I don't, I don't know. Um uh,
1: Becky 2 belts baby. Calling Becky 2 belts. Come on. I'm over
0: it. Let's do it again. I'm over it. It was it got stagnant for a little bit there, especially that really terrible um, match t- with her and Seth Rollins versus Lacey Evans and Happy Corbin, bring back Bum Corbin. <laughs>
1: Made me actually care about it. I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather just get rid of Baron Corbin. I'm not, I am not a Baron Corbin fan. That's I, just me.
0: I didn't used to be, but the more and more I've watched him, he is one of the safest workers, and his his finish is super protected. It's one of the cleanest finishes in all of WWE history. He, he's he's a good heel. He gets the crowd working into a frenzy. I'm not a Baron ha- lover. I'm not a hater, but I'm a fan. I can appreciate his work.
1: See for me he just doesn't uh, he just doesn't cut deep for me. He, he, he comes across kind of bland for me. that's just uh, how I've always kind of felt about Baron Corbin. I like that he's trying to do something different. Yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, or you know, or at least different for him. But I'm, I'm definitely getting some, some DDP. Like, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Vibes.
0: Yeah, who better? Uh, <laughs> Nobody. Rest in peace, Chris Canyon. <laughs> uh, and then finally, the other match that's been announced so far. There's probably more to come. We've got RK Bro versus AJ Styles and Omos for the Raw Tag Titles. I'm pretty sure AJ and Omos are picking, are going to win these titles back. Uh, They've been teasing a breakup of RK-Bro again. I wish they would make up their mind on it. Uh, It's just... At this point, it's nonsense. Uh, Either do it or don't. You're just being a fucking tease.
1: Yeah. Um, I I, I honestly think this is uh, kind of a bad time to break up RK-Bro because it just feels too telegraphed. It just feels too... Like... If you let them go for another month or two together, I think you can get a lot more um, emotional investment out of the audience towards a breakup. And uh, I think that the real way to do it go go two more months, and then let Matt R- Matt Riddle turn heel on Randy Orton.
0: Yeah, I think that'd be interesting. I don't see them doing it. Um, I agree. I think another month or two, have them you know start to tease it after that that. First month goes by, and then uh-huh. and then build up to the second. You could ha- and then you have Orton turn on Riddle. If you've already get the predictable part out of the way, but then you start on a path where you build Matt Riddle up, and have Matt Riddle eventually overcome the Viper and er- actually earn the Viper's respect. Not just be like, hey, well, bra, pass the joint, bra, bra. I- I'm not the biggest yeah. Matt, Matt Riddle fan, like.
1: See, I think you could do an interesting break-apart-come-back-together thing where you have Riddle turn on Orton. Imagine imagine Matt Riddle is the one that strikes the Viper. Like, Randy Orton is known as that guy who will just strike you out of nowhere. He's never been got like that. And so now Matt Riddle is the one that, like, gets him, the one who, like, strikes him. And that becomes what earns Randy's respect, and now you bring them back together as a heel tag team on the other side.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few ways you can go about it. It's just there was a point where they could have just done this, and ha- we could have had Orton versus uh, Riddle. Uh, the Raw tag team division is the weakest tag team division, in my opinion, um, by quite a mile uh smackdown has a, a little more richness to it i'm hoping hoping the rest of the draft we see a little more um changes it's a uh, the whole let's draft our own guys thing it just kind of killed a lot of it for me now well and it
1: did, didn't have to be that if you had just announced if you had just announced like flat out, the way we're doing the draft this year is it's a hundred percent clean slate. And you do one week where there are no there are no like guidelines; everybody can be anywhere. And then the next week we do the draft. And now you say, okay, well, this guy's coming back here. Well, it's a clean slate. We have to bring back some of our own guys.
0: Yeah. Well, at they, least
1: then it would have made
0: yeah, sense. They, they kind of did that. There were people showing up all everywhere. But like it just wasn't as exciting as it was in past times. Uh, no, now not. we get to talk about your favorite part of the the entire wrestling world right now. <laughs> no. um i I have a binky here, my son's binky if you you need it, Brian uh, to get through this um, oh
2: my God
1: you know Johnny Gargano removed every mention of w w e. From his Twitter account this week, and I think I know why. I think he went back and watched NXT.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I watched it myself. Um, I'm not gonna say everything was bad. Um, there are highlights. I, I am really digging this new version of Mandy Rose with you know toxic attraction. I think that they're 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 building something there that has potential, uh, building her into a threat. Um, we talked a little bit about Hit Row earlier, uh, Legado del Fantasma. They cut a promo on Hit Row basically saying, oh, that's why they got you know tra- traded up to SmackDown because uh, they're scared of us. They know they can't handle us. You know, typical stuff. Um, but something I realized over the last week, Isaiah Swerve Scott, the NXT North American champion, hasn't defended his title since he won it in July off Bronson Reed.
1: This is a problem that I've honestly always felt uh, about that belt. Is that it? It gets lost in the shuffle on NXT.
0: It's treated as a secondary belt. It's booked like a third level belt, and mm-hmm. it's forgettable because they don't invest anything into it. Like,
1: I mean, I remember people having more interest in the European title, you know, back in back in the day. Then there seems to be interest in the North American title.
0: Yeah, to me, it's just they could be doing a lot with it, and the fact that they haven't had him defend the title in one, not one time since winning it, and here we are in October—that's four months, basically. That speaks. That's a telegraph to me that they have no confidence in, or or they just don't know what they're doing with it, and they'd rather just not waste okay. time with it on TV.
1: I think that's more what it is. I think like you get. I think you get to a point with a belt after you make a belt stagnant, and you go, okay. Uh, like if I'm the champion, and I've just made this belt virtually worthless, and then a promoter comes to you and says, "Evan, we're going to have you win the the you know North American title off of Brian." You look at you look back at him and you go, "No." Um. Why? Why would I want that? Like he, like that. That belt isn't worth anything. I'm not getting a rub from it. I'm not getting. I'm not getting uh, elevated. I'm not elevating myself by winning that championship. If anything, it's going to become a weight on me, and that's why it's every champion's responsibility to build up the reputation and prestige of whatever title they're holding.
0: Yeah, and regardless of whether they're a baby face or a heel, like to me if you're a champion, you're building that legacy 24-7 with how you carry yourself, with how you perform, and if it's worthless, what's the point? And that's kind of the situation. They, they kind of booked themselves into a corner with this because now now all the fans are aware of it. Um, and to me, it just... There, there's going to be a match. Uh, I, I don't, are they going to do uh, takeovers anymore? Now, with this new rebranding, or is it just going to happen on NXT?
1: I have not heard uh, either way about takeovers, but they did announce this week that um, coming up, we are going. Uh, we were. This is proof, by the way, that that someone in WWE listens to the Standard of Greatness podcast. Talking about that, we will be getting Halloween Havoc this year, and your main event, Raw, Tommaso, Tommaso Ciampa, defending. Against
0: Braun Breaker. Um, honestly, this was a highlight of the show. I enjoyed Braun coming out there. I really want to stop calling him Brian and just call him Steiner. It I does, do too. Just fucking give him the name. Stop treating your audience like they're morons and, you know, treat them with a little bit of respect. Uh, Steiner is going to be challenging Thomas O'Champa for the NXT title at Halloween Havoc. Um, they had a good promo segment, um, interesting enough, this next bit actually plays a role into it, too, so we talked a little bit, uh, over the last couple weeks about Joe Gacy with the, uh, woke gimmick in NXT, uh, he had a match with Ike it was kind of a squash match, uh, the interesting thing was, after the match, Gacy walked up the ramp when, a bald giant man stood up and started staring at him. A man named Harlan. Well, upon further inspection, that is NXT recruit Parker Bardot, has been rebranded as Harlan. Um, they kind of dressed him like he's a neo Nazi. Um, it's just kind of weird. Uh, I'm willing to wait and see where this goes. I like the idea of Gacy. Uh, you know, he, he had wrestling. On Fox News itself, over the last couple weeks, um, a little bit of mainstream attention to NXT, which is interesting. Uh, but the the more interesting part to me, afterwards backstage, Gacy runs into Thomas Chapa, says, "Hey, where's my title shot?" And then Chapa says, "All right, well if you can beat me next week, if you win, you get added to the match at Halloween Havoc, so we could have a triple threater on our hands." <laughs>
1: Well, and I think this is a I think this is another one of those examples of WWE kind of booking on the fly,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where you know they they go okay, well this guy's getting some mainstream attention, so now we got to we got to like change our plans, and we got to try and push him into that main event picture, uh. capitalize off of it. This is one of those places where I think, dude, we were just talking about the North American title, have him take it. Yep. Have him start flashing that North American title on television and bringing some prestige to the belt and let it become something. You know, he's so new that that's something that could still help him.
0: Yep, I, I definitely agree. Um, there was an awkward vision. at. Uh, so they've got a professional poker player gimmick now. Uh where he said he's going to take all the bets and the belts. They said belts on TV, which was a shock. I thought that was a big no-no word. Um,
1: I think they do that. I think Vince allows those to get through every once in a while, just to like kind of get us all, all, all You know, wait a minute. That that's a no-no word. Yeah, you can't say wrestling on a wrestling show.
0: Where is that son of a bitch? <laughs> uh no. It, it, to me it just it's very the more i watch nxt2.0 it reminds me of like wwf superstars or main event when like not not like the 80s main event i'm talking like early 2000s ecw main you know the that level when they had the main event as a fourth show mm-hmm. uh, yeah
1: yeah no uh, that's definitely the very very heavy lean into the gimmick um i mean you know when i saw it you know i had some of those kind of uh, i remember like big boss man characters you know, I'm, I'm a cop uh valvinus i'm a porn star and then now i'm a poker player and just yeah. like that's There's, great um
0: we're seeing more you, of the you know
1: shuffling isn't going to help you
0: here. <laughs> We're seeing more of the the characters, the larger than life characters that they're trying to attempt. Uh, that gimmick reminded me more of Bastion Booger or the Repo Man. Uh,
2: oh, hey,
1: hey, I liked the I liked the Repo Man.
0: Get the fuck uh-huh. out. <laughs> um, yeah, there's bring a,
1: back the bring back the Repo Man.
0: There was another uh, guy I forget what his name was, but he was dressed like you remember uh, Outback Jack. Uh, in the '80s, dressed. Oh of, yeah, yeah. He was dressed just like him. Recently, at a dark match, and he's an Australian wrestler, and I, if that's where I get this vibe from of the the WF, WWF superstars. It's like they blended sure. that with like the new generation.
1: I, I I heard about this. I I I didn't see it, but I, I heard about it. It's basically, a Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, bas-
0: It's basically Crocodile Dundee. Like let's be real yeah, here. Um Mikey, um, yeah. that's bad. Oh, right in the Hat Well, <laughs> take my thumb. <laughs> uh moving on to Brian's most favorite wrestler of all time. We've got Pete Dunn with Ridge Holland, recently drafted to SmackDown with Ridge Holland. Versus Cameron Grimes. Um the match kind of... It was an okay match. There were some cheap shots by Holland. After the match, Dunn and Holland start to attack Grimes. Kyle O'Reilly came out to try to make the save. Um, Dunn and Holland beat down Kyle O'Reilly. Von Wagner showed up to like help Kyle O'Reilly. And then it led to really awkward conversations backstage where like Von Wagner's like, Let me be your friend! And Kyle O'Reilly's like, I trust no one after the year I've had. And it was just like... Really, really awkward. Like, both gentlemen need some like acting classes, in my opinion. Uh, Von Wagner was very monotone.
1: I mean, bad acting is bad acting is nothing new. To NXT, in in, well, in professional wrestling in general. But
0: this this was really uh, bad. Yeah,
1: that was at least at least like try guys, like at least try to believe what you're saying. I know this these scripts are terrible though. And that's not the fault of the wrestlers. Yeah, like, no, they're I mean, told never gonna... they have to read these scripts verbatim, and they're horrible.
0: Yeah, um, Suffer
1: and suckertage, they're horrible.
0: We saw Raquel uh, Gonzalez uh, get attacked by Toxic Attraction. Uh, the NXT Women Tag Champ showed up to make the save. Um, the best part of the entire night uh, was the Fatal four-way Tag Team Illuminator match uh, with the champions retaining MSK. Um, best match of the show by far, most entertaining commentary of the night. Uh, the commentators seemed actually engaged in what they were doing. Uh, I,
1: what else were they supposed to get excited about in the evening? I mean, like, think about this: you just had a Pete Dunne match. <laughs> you just, you just had Pete, you just had Pete Dunne out there in the ring, and now, and now, anything. Anything seems enjoyable. I mean...
0: Yeah, you can almost book Chris Chaos.
1: And with that note, I think it's time that we slide on into that E-Fed news because over in PCW land... We're not... We're not... Week, I, no, 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 no. I, I've been waiting all week to talk and about you're, this. You're going to wait. Evan Jones.
0: You're going to wait because we're not there yet where we got to go through uh, but, but, AEW. But, but, Oh, oh,
1: okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I can be excited about I can be excited about AEW. I can be excited about AEW because that was some good shit. Yeah, that was
2: good shit. It was such good
0: shit. Uh, yeah, I mean the Dynamite Show was really good. Uh, we saw the announcement of the John Hubbard Legacy Foundation uh, charity in Brody Lee's uh, the late great Brody Lee's honor. Uh, We saw a 16-man tag team match with the Dark Order now being okay um, after uh, Evil Uno, Colt Cabana, and Stu Grayson tried to walk out. Uh, Amanda Hober and Brody Lee Jr., Jay, and Tayakani came out, told them to set their shit aside and to, you know, work together. I think Dark Order is okay now. I'm not going to speculate on that because I kind of want to see a Dark Order Civil War still. I'm just... they're they're the ragtag losers i get it but do something with them they've kind of been like hanging on the vine and uh They,
1: they do need some some different interactions yeah like
0: to start i know they they had they basically got super over on being the elite uh with Brody lee's passing they became automatic baby faces and because of the you know the unfortunate situation you know, I just I want to see something different for them. I want to see them highlighted in a different way. Um, <laughs> Jungle Boy versus Adam Cole—that was a banger. Um, oh, that was good. Cole winning with a low blow and hitting the boom uh, was pretty fantastic.
1: A uh, no point for you on that one, by the way. I know we uh, we put out our our. Our predictions on this. I know that you predicted that. I had picked Juggle Boy to go over, so props to you on that one.
0: Yeah, uh, po- post match we saw Daniel Bryan come out a little later on, and uh, he coined a new nickname for the cleaner, Kenny Omega. Uh, Kenny No Balls Omega, because Kenny won't give him a rematch. Uh, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Brian Danielson, excuse me. <laughs> Get so used to that. Um, challenged any member of the Elite to a match on Rampage, um, which we'll get to in a little while. Uh, My favorite moment of the entire night, and I know, Brian, you enjoyed this too. You referenced it earlier. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson took on Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. Now, the the match was an all-right match. Um, It was the post-match that was the best part, in my opinion.
1: Oh, definitely. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Arn Anderson. This is a guy who is a legit 100% Hall of Fame legend. This is a guy who was a member of every incarnation of the Four Horsemen. Like there's only one other guy that has that accolade and it's the Nature Boy. The, like Arn Anderson is as le- legit a superstar as as they come. And somehow some way in 2021, this man is more over than he has ever been in his entire career.
0: I guarantee that if he was actually, like, active today and in shape and, like, was, you know, not over the hill, he'd be skyrocket to the moon. Oh, um, that was a stone cold Steve Austin, lo- like, Brian uh, Austin level 316
1: says, I just whipped your ass, level moment.
0: And the memes, the memes are so good.
1: So good!
0: Arn is. NRA is Arn, spelled backwards. (laughs) He's the new Chuck Norris. (laughs) Like, there's so many good jokes. Like, um, Cody was booed out of the building again. Um, he he went on the record saying he was n- never gonna turn heel in aew which the crowd is booing you out of the building at this point Cody's either gonna have to turn heel or he's getting left behind and not gonna get any reaction other than go away um,
1: well i think that might be i think that's the other answer is just to go away for a while take a Taking a, a nice long break, let let you know people miss you a little bit, mm-hmm. and then have your own return. And I think uh, a way Cody Rhodes could do it okay. with as many people as he's put over,
0: loser leaves disappear town. Disappear
1: for a while, you come it? back, and then go on a tirade. Start running through all those guys.
0: Loser leaves town. And let that be Cody. simple.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there's 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 definitely things you could do, but uh, something's got to be done with Cody Rhodes. It needs to be done in a hurry.
0: Yeah. Um, breaking news. Actually, uh, just saw come across my screen uh, tonight's episode. A little bit of spoiler of Dynamite. They debuted the TBS Women's Championship uh, for the new uh, Women's Mid Card title. Uh, we saw. We talked about a few weeks ago. So that's breaking news. So I just want to just saw that pop up and had to get that in there. Um, speaking of potential mid-card options, uh, John Moxley, Eddie Kingston and Darby Allin would sting took on Bear Country Bear Country and Anthony Green. Um, this was a lot of talent, a lot of like high-level talent in the company all loaded into one match and to me I I watched it it was a good match, but I'm sitting there afterwards I'm thinking isn't there a better way we could use all this talent? John Moxley is getting more erratic and more like, you know, a heel turn for John Moxley right now, especially on somebody like Darby Allen, could be a boon to him and to Darby.
1: I could definitely see that, and I definitely see what you're saying about having uh, so much talent in in one match in in such a condensed. Uh, place because yeah, it really felt like I I didn't feel like they all had enough time to really uh, and this isn't something I usually feel with AEW I didn't feel like each of them had enough time to do their piece
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know to was, really get their full shtick in
0: it was crowded uh,
1: it all felt a little rushed yeah
0: no that's, crowded
1: that's a good that's a good word I like well,
0: that that's my one complaint sometimes with AEWs sometimes. Certain matches are crowded. Certain other matches, you know, they're the perfect amount. And then there's uh, some matches where they just, you know, fall a little short. I think it takes time getting used to being on TV, doing TV timings and stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Hopefully, they can work that out on Elevation and Dark, um, or maybe send some of this talent over to AEW, Elevation or Dark. Like, you know, I know their main event guys, like Sting, you know, Moxley, you know, Island, but like. Do something a little different with them. Spotlight some other people. Like there's a lot of ways you could go with this. Um, To me, it just it it felt crowded. Definitely. Um, Moving on, we had MJF and Darby Allen get into a verbal war a little later in the night. Um, MJF might be a stone cold blooded killer with what he said. Um. He called Darby Allen basically implied Darby Allen dresses like a school shooter uh which took a lot of people aback in the wrestling community uh school shootings is a sensitive subject uh MJF's known for not really biting his tongue
1: MJF he he like this is a guy who has as far as I'm concerned decided to be a career heel yes he understands like I am just gonna keep getting heat and and that's what he does. he's a heat magnet and he's doing it in all the right ways like he's specifically going to push your buttons
0: yeah um and I
2: applaud then, it it's real old school to me I like it
0: he's a very old school style heel uh he was trained actually at uh Brian Myers aka Kurt Hawkings uh, Korea to pro wrestling school out in New York um, so it's interesting to see his journey all the way from there to AEW um and then he also went on to mock Darby Allen's straight edge life um for the reason why Darby's straight edge he talked about Darby getting involved in a car crash with his uh uncle when they were a kid or when he was a kid his uncle was under the influence and died um pretty traumatic experience um going to assume that him and Darby talked about that one beforehand um
1: well, I think that's also kind of telegraphing. And this is just me, me hypothesizing here, but you're going to talk about someone's straight-edge lifestyle. Oh, gee, I wonder if there's anybody else with a straight-edge lifestyle that might be just around the corner to face MJF.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely can see, see where they're kind of going with that. Um, my favorite part was, though, that Darby was very defiant. In the face of MJF and Wardlow. And he said, say whatever you want. You're not going to break me. Right there, you got a feud. Like right there. MJF storms out of the ring. With Wardlow, there's no beatdown. It's a very subtle thing. But MJF's going to come back this next week. He's going to cut another promo. He's going to find a way to make Darby snap. And when, when it does, we'll see Darby and Sting probably versus MJF and Wardlow.
2: Or, or, what if he
1: couldn't? What if he couldn't get Darby to snap? And what if subsequently that made him snap? I mean, there's different ways you could go with this feud and make it very, very interesting. I'm, I'm enjoying it personally. Yeah. Just it's sitting fresh. back enjoying what I'm
0: watching. It's fresh. And that's what I like. That's that's part of the reason I really enjoy AEW for the most part is it's just all fresh um, Matches for the most part. Fresh concepts, fresh ideas, fresh characters. Um, my one concern is what happened to the Pinnacle? This whole big bad faction that feuded with Inner Circle for a year, now they're all off doing their own things. Like, make it make sense, guys. Don't just, like, forget about it. Don't pull the WWE and treat us like we're stupid. Yeah. Um,. And then the main event, Miro versus um, Sammy Guevara in what I felt like was a classic match between the two. Uh, We have a new TNT champion, Brian. Um,
1: Congratulations to Sammy Guevara. You and I, we talked last week, this was going to be just a great match. Just hands down, we both knew going in that this was going to be a great match. But we had both picked Miro to successfully defend.
0: Happy to be wrong.
1: Oh man, this is one of the best. This is one of those great times where you really thought you knew kind of what was going to happen, and you you got that big that big surprise, that big shock moment, that big elevated joy in a, a championship win. Um, great move by AEW. Great spot in the main event, and a great match between two incredible athletes. I I really. I'm looking forward to them going back at it. Like This is one that I want to see a, a, a couple more revisitations to. Yeah.
0: Something I learned, actually, uh, after watching the match and being on social media. So Miro's belt, it was white. Uh, it was different than the usual TNT belt. Um, but it was um, based upon local legends, the, the scheme uh, from his home country from what I've been reading, and the the... The gist of it is, Miro Miro will conquer seven people before finally being defeated by the eighth. Sammy was number eight. That's that's a legend within his home country.
1: That's interesting.
0: I think it was very very like deep rich detail. Uh, we've seen yeah, some
1: deep rich shit.
0: We've seen Lana, uh, C J. Perry, A K A. formerly known as Lana, with the WWE, and Miro's wife going back and forth with Sammy in person and on social media about how Sammy cheated her husband. They both cheated in that match.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's okay. That's okay.
0: So give me more. uh, Yeah, you can give me that all day long. Uh, Such good shit. Moving on, we have the uh, Rampage recap from this week. Uh, So the member of the elite to accept the challenge of Brian Danielson was Nick Jackson? Um, absolute fantastic uh, clash between the two. All right,
1: I, 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 I specifically have avoided bringing this up to you, Evan, through all of our conversations, through through the, our whole pre-show talk and everything, because I wanted to do this when we were when we were doing our our actual recording here. Daniel Bryan, opening match against Kenny Omega. This week, Daniel Bryan opening match again, classic match. Let's do something a little interesting. Daniel Bryan coined a new nickname for Kenny Omega. I want to coin a new nickname for Daniel Bryan. The opener. Give I like me the it. opener versus the closer.
0: I like it. I like it. Um yeah, the match was great. There was a little outside shenanigans, typical elite stuff. Um, Brian Danielson continues to impress. Uh, AEW's booking style—they tend to—they tend to have a very hot match at the beginning of the show and a very hot match at the end. Uh, it just seems to be, you know, akin to what we did in HKW. It was very ebb and flow. Everything kind of was fluid. Um, uh, yeah, I have no complaints about that match whatsoever. Watching. Uh, Brian or brandon cutler get popped in the face with his mask on because he's a goofball that was pretty funny uh he's uh always spraying him down with some cooling agent uh moving on we have thunder rosa versus nyla rose versus jade cargill in triple threat action um i think the right woman won the match i'm a thunder rosa fan uh nyla rose oh i'm okay but Jay Cargill ended up picking up the win after some chair shots on Thunder Rosa, because Thunder Rosa had uh, power bombed Nyla Rose through a table, and Cargill continues to not only have the look but continues to impress um, as a wrestler. You know, she's relatively new, and I can see they're 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 building her to go places.
1: She's one that I feel gets better every match. just a little bit better every time that I see her. And that's what I really like is I see this constant progression with her uh, in her in ring ability in her 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 storytelling ability in the ring specifically. Uh, Yeah, great match. Also, man, I'm a big Thunder Rosa fan. I just have to say I like Thunder Rosa every time she's in the ring. I
0: yeah, that's why I was so pop a little bit. That's why I was so embarrassed that I forgot she was with AEW. It was just like, man, I'm a Thunder Rosa fan. How could I forget that? Um. Shame. Yeah,
2: for shame. For
0: shame. Get to the lashes. Uh yeah, and then in the main event, it was com- kind of a comedy match in my opinion. Uh we had Orange Cassidy versus Jack Evans in a hair versus hair match. Uh a little bit of Matt Hardy getting involved. Um in the end, Orange Cassidy went over and Jack Evans got his head shaved while the Dark Order staved off the Hardy family.
1: Matt Hardy seems to be Big Money Matt. Um Yeah, I, well i we were talking about broken Matt Hardy just a little bit ago, and I feel like this is like this next uh, metamorphosis of Matt Hardy. I I don't think we're quite to where it's it's going to yet.
0: It's um, it's, and if you've it, been, it's interesting. If you've been watching, being the elite, it's been building up for about the last six or so months since his match with Sammy Guevara, where he got dropped on his head. Uh, his feud with Orange Cassidy. Because Orange Cassidy accidentally broke his nose, shoot, in a in a match a few months ago. It's just been an ongoing building thing, and you know, I'm not normally the biggest comedy match guy being in the main event, but it was all right. I'm I'm okay with a show ending like that.
1: Yeah, I'll always take a little uh, a little Orange Cassidy.
0: Yeah, um, I do I do think they could be doing a little more with Rampage. I know it's only an hour. It's at 10 p.m. on a Friday. Three matches is you know it's very tight, but like there there's something it's a tight that, tempo. Yeah, it's a tight tempo. I think there's there's something that's truly missing that I think could take Rampage to that one million viewers level. I'm just not sure what it is yet.
1: Um, you know what I really think would almost help is you know, and you're you're with the right networks to do it because they're totally familiar with wrestling style shows just book that extra 15 minutes.
0: I think so. Get too. yourself
1: that extra 15 minutes. Let it push beyond the, you know, we're going to stay with it, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of thing. And I think if, if you added that little aspect, um, it would really take you that extra mile. Agreed. That's just me. Um, in
0: other you know, wrestling news, we had uh, MLW, Jacob Batu, one of the longest reigning champions in professional wrestling, uh, faced off against Hammerstone, uh, this, Hammerstone's basically a modern age Hulk Hogan minus the racism um, <laughs> it was a huge win for Hammerstone Fatu had held the championship for I think 700 plus days uh, MLW is on the right track uh, they've been in talks with several talent I know uh, Braun Strowman ended up turning down a deal with them I think he might be headed to Impact or AEW
1: I think he's going to be heading to Impact, but with MLW, you know, over and for a company that's not the biggest, you know, they don't have that Tony Khan Vince McMahon money. Man, do they keep coming up in the conversation? To me, MLW is like the uh, the new Ring of Honor.
0: Yeah, honestly... that, that hey, hey,
1: Keep an eye on MLW.
0: Yeah, that's, well, that's where MJF and uh, he was in a faction with Hammerstone, and, or not Hammerstone, he was in a faction called The Dynasty there. He, that's where he kind of made a lot of his name for himself on like the TV level. Uh, they've got tons of other talents there that just constantly amaze me. Um, I definitely recommend MLW and I, I kind of have to agree. ROH has definitely lost a few steps and if they're not careful, they'll be left behind.
1: Indeed. Well, I mean, they lost most of their talent to AEW, so what are you going to do?
0: Yeah, they fucked up on All In. Uh, and then the last thing, speaking of ROH, uh, Rush, their world heavyweight champion, uh, his contract status is kind of in flux. Uh, in limbo. Limbo, yeah. Uh, he's had talks with AEW and WWE from the reports we've been reading. Um, he's. Stayed with ROH this he, long. He should stay away from WWE.
1: See, I, I I don't know, man. English, he has the right kind of... He has, he has that right kind of look that, that, Vinnie Mac, that Vinnie Mac likes. I could see him um, getting quite a push in WWE if he was to make that jump.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't watched too much of Rush's stuff. Uh, I know English isn't his first language, and I know that that held uh, Andrade back in Vince's eye. That's true. So my worry is he'll end up in the same position there. He'll maybe he'll be NXT champion, but then he'll be on the main roster for a year or two and then get released. Um, it's not really worth it, in my opinion. But he's going to do what he's going to do. So. Well,
1: <laughs> um, um, I mean, I just I, I think the point that AEW is at—they have so much star power over there. I I, I think it's getting to that. Dangering oversaturation point.
0: I th- well, they've got four shows. They've got two on YouTube and two on TV.
1: Uh-huh, I think uh-huh. they
0: have the best roster uh, oh, in
1: wrestling. Definitely, definitely, the roster eclipses WWE's in terms of talent. I agree with you. I that.
0: think the big thing they're missing is a true big man in AEW. Uh, like a true, true big <laughs> what man. Are you t- they
1: got the Big Show. They got the Big Show. He's only on dark and elevation. That doesn't. Count.
0: You you know you know
1: you know I'm joking. You it's a big show. It's a show
0: now. <laughs> uh, moving on to EFED news.
1: oh, oh you oh, you're ready to talk about this now? Do you need to take a deep breath?
0: No, I just needed a drink.
1: That's okay, because I'm going to talk about it. Over on PCW, Evan got his ass whipped this week, being put through a steel cage, and I got to watch. I told you I was going to have popcorn, and it was good. It was kettle corn. It
0: was kettle corn? That's trash. It was
1: kettle corn. It was, it was sweet, man. It was so sweet. Was that
0: caramel kettle corn, then?
1: No, just regular kettle corn. Oh, okay. I don't get so... Okay. The stuff, they don't they don't make it right they
0: don't make it the right uh Italian. yeah no uh I got my ass kicked but the thing is oh here here it is here it is <laughs> so Chris didn't read the contract and I know Chris is a determined guy so I had a contingency built into the contract should I lose well I lost I can be a man and you know acknowledge that I still think Chris Chaos is, you know, living in the past and needs to let go. Um, not, not like mullet in the past. Thank God he shaved that thing. Um, yeah. Uh, so now I get to pick the stipulation and the terms of the deal. Chris is pretty pissed. He hasn't really said anything yet. It's almost like he's muted. Uh,
1: oh, I have a feeling. I have a feeling you'll be hearing from Chris
0: soon enough. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so at the PCW Halloween special, uh, it will be Chris Chaos versus Evan Jones, the wrestling god, Inside Hell in a Cell, title versus contract. Chris wins, he gets the title. I win, I control his contract.
1: Uh, Okay, can I ask one more question Hmm. of you? And this is just like a personal, like me just trying to understand the mentality kind of thing. So you got to pick the stipulation. Yep. Okay, and you said after I got my head smashed through a steel cage wall, the right the right thing to do is to add another side to a cage, that like another thing to get put through.
0: I'm crazy like a fox, Brian, and you know me. I always have a plan.
1: Oh, I don't give a fox what you say. I uh, think you're crazy.
0: Might might find himself flying. Who knows? Maybe he'll live up to your hype.
1: No one can live up to my height or height after
0: how oh, Blake Cannon
1: threw me off far better, far further, and far higher. I actually had a conversation he with... He hoisted it. He hoisted it. See, see you just kind of dropped me. He hoisted it.
0: I had a conversation with Richard G. Mayer, actually, this last week. He said Blake fell one inch short in comparison to how hard you jumped.
1: And hey, you would know all about being one inch short. And that reminds me, ladies and gentlemen, to make sure to pick up your enforced Chew. The Standards of Greatness Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Whiskers Band Pro- Whiskers Brand Products, excuse me, and Enforced Chew. Make sure that you are a King Dominator in the bedroom, not a Michael Miner. Make sure you are the madman of the of the bedroom. And pick up your Enforced Chew today.
0: A madman in the sheets and an enforcer in the streets. That's right. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, um, I'm having a blast with Chris. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Chris and I are, are. I guess I'll break a little bit of k Uh We're really good friends, or we were. Uh, I think Wait, ha- wait, wait,
2: whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, 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 I can't hear this, <laughs> I can't hear this, you're gonna, you're gonna ruin my, my mystique, eh. okay, yeah, 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 that's true, I knew, I knew you guys were good friends, I-
0: <laughs> you, we, we all know each other, <laughs> uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, I'm having a blast at, at pl- portraying the character, um, and working with Chris, um, He's been a good sport. I've uh, had some fun at his expense. I'm sure we'll hear from him at some point on social media this week. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Um, I just really want him to stop living in the past. If he could just stop doing that and live in the now and enjoy himself, I'd be okay with it. I'd let it go. He just can't.
1: Okay. Okay. Let me ask you this: If 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 you could say one thing to Chris. Right now, leading up into this match, what would you say?
0: Chris Chaos. Hmm. What would I say to Chris Chaos? I love you 3000. (laughs) Okay.
1: Okay. That was good. That was good.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, also at PCW's Halloweens, or Scrapyard, uh, we saw a new TV champion crowned. Um, we saw Michael Miner, a familiar dickhead. Um, <laughs> uh, him and Manny Passos are going to do a best of three. There was a lot of other stuff going on. Oliver Titan was in action. Cameron Logan Lion Hunter was in action. Uh, I haven't seen Cam in a while. Um, yeah, just some some good action. I- I'm excited to see what the Halloween... Uh, special work shakes out. Daniel Roberts is doing some pretty good work over there. Um, yeah, I, I can't really... I don't have too many complaints. Except he's a fucking <laughs> he's Mark. A... <laughs> oh, he's, he's,
1: he's, he's the Mark of Marks. He's a Marky Mark, even. Um,
0: I hope he doesn't show us but his He has much. been doing...
1: He has been doing some good work with PCW and, uh... uh the last pay-per-view... Uh, Fun, fun show to watch, and uh, I'm looking forward to the Halloween show, and uh, and watching Chris uh, give you a nice crimson mask, nice crimson Halloween eh, mask.
0: Usually, when Ooh, Chris uh, and I square off, he's the one bleeding like he's on his period.
1: No, so you get the you get the you get the red mask. He's going to be all blue this time around.
0: For that, enforced you is he taking too much? Does he have blue balls now? <laughs>
1: You, you, you'll have to you'll have to ask him about that yourself. I'm not having that conversation with Chris. That's oh, my quick. phone is blowing up right now.
0: Ooh, we're turning that down. It, it's Chris. <laughs> I wonder if he hears us.
1: Well, I'm, I'm he, he's an avid listener of the show, so I'm yeah, sure he I is. heard he was a
0: sponsor. Who approved that?
1: Uh, I I I approve. I approve that. I said that was okay.
0: Yeah, it's fine. I, I, his money, his money still, his money is still green. I guess he's got all the enforced you money. He owes us. Yeah, definitely. And 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 he's got a paper towel empire. Are you kidding me? Oh, breaking news! I just saw a commercial. Uh, Chaos brand mortgages. Get your home brand mortgages taken care of today. Mortgages by Chaos. <laughs> Uh, you know,
1: as far as long as we're talking about Christopher Chaos, Christopher Chaos, not uh, just in title action in PCW.
0: Yeah, he's. Uh, I think it's FTW. He's the world champion there, if I remember correctly. Uh, he's in action, I believe, in a Three Stages of Hell match. Uh, I believe it's a First Blood match, a ladder match, and then a cage match. I'd have to double check the details on that. Uh, it's been interesting to watch his work. Uh, with the guys he's been feuding with over there, um, he can correct me. I'm I'm more than well, you know. I'm not there, so I don't know. Uh, he can correct us on social media. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's. Um, uh,
1: I'm sure. I'm sure he will.
0: And I believe there's another place where he's in action as the television champion as well. He's a very busy guy. He's in a lot of places. And, uh, Brian, you and I were always more selective. You know, Chris. Chris is a. He's a good guy. He loves giving back. You know, deep down, well, he, he's a good guy.
2: We we
1: may have been more selective, but it seems to me that he's winning championship over here, winning championship over here. And if you're not <laughs> careful, he's going to be taking that championship from you in PCW. I uh, I mean,
0: hey, give uh, credit we're we're credit. I I just did. Can't I just did?
1: Indeed, you did. Indeed, you did. You know.
0: Um, All right. Moving on, we have PWR. Uh, yeah, pro wrestling reality. It's been a blast over there. We have uh, this upcoming weekend, Primitive Instinct. Um, I'm in action, facing off against Bad Moon Rising, Pat Legend, the Power Surge champion. Uh, I'm being accompanied to the ring by our manager in first class, Oliver Titan. Pat fucked up this last week. He put his hands on, on Oliver, and now i got to smack him around a little bit.
1: You never, you never put your hands on Oliver.
0: Nobody puts Oliver in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's been an interesting back and forth so far.
1: I just I just had this image of you, Patrick Swayze, lifting Oliver,
0: Titan up, and ah, uh... <laughs> it's more like Ghost. Oh, you,
1: you got the you got the you're doing the the, the pottery
0: <laughs> A little, with Oliver, little, Titan. little, little pottery.
1: a little unchained melody playing yeah
0: no uh in all seriousness it's it's been uh an interesting thing uh pat cut a promo on me today he actually used some information from a the podcast a question i asked earlier
1: really a listener of the podcast well then then i i certainly hope that he he beats you
0: (laughs) okay brian You and I are going to have words. I'm going to mute your mic next time you say something so blasphemous against the wrestling god, the guy who made you so much money.
2: Oh, okay,
0: okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, I'm going to be taking the Power Surge Championship from Pat. It's just a fact. Um, First class is on the rise there. Uh, But I'm not the only one in action. We've got a baloney bunker match for the World Heavyweight Championship match. Um, We've got the ultimate antagonist, Tony Baloney, taking on Uh, Big nobody of Los Putas. Uh, Yeah, it's exciting watching those two tear each other limb from limb. Uh, uh, You know, not much more to say about that. They've really been going hard. I believe right now Tony Baloney's somewhere in Mexico. He electrocuted somebody last week. Now he's in a bunker with the world title he stole, so... Quite he's going yeah. with
1: that Goldberg mentality of, of how to take care of his opponent. Huh? Yeah,
0: dude, he's just, like, fucking people up. Like, not, not, not no stopping and thinking. He's just fucking them up. Uh, there's also Amelia Aris and JTO in action for the Apex Championship. Now, the Apex Championship lets the champion cash in for a world championship opportunity, I believe, at any time. Uh, Scotty Matt can correct me on that. Uh, I don't remember the exact detail on that. So uh, they've been going back and forth about how much they need this, how much it means to them uh, to be the Apex champion, and it's honestly becoming one of my favorite uh, feuds that they're having this week. Uh, we've got ATM ass-to-mouth versus the Cutthroat Crew in a Primal Rage in the Steel Cage title match. Um
1: ATM! 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 I I got to
0: go with my I got to go with my crew my cutthroat crew Uh, I think they're going to retain to me uh, this feud's been interesting like all the anal jobber jokes aside it's been interesting to watch them kind of go back and forth all week Uh, I know many of you out there don't know what an anal jobber is if if you you don't want to know don't google it if you do just listen to an ATM promo (laughs) they describe it quite often Uh, triple threat match Kenzo X versus Screws versus Shooter J Um, yeah it's that's an interesting match we haven't seen too much of any of the three of them all week but I'm sure we're bound to hear something Um, we've got a fatal four-way bring your own weapon Uh, Tony the Hammer Morrison versus the Bronx Bomber who I know is really sad that the Yankees lost Uh, he was inconsolable earlier today uh, they lost to the Red Sox, which made it even worse. Um, yeah, no, no, Yankees and Red Sox. <laughs> ugh. Uh, and then versus Broken Zach versus a mystery opponent. Um, this is an interesting match. They get to bring their own weapons to the ring. Um, the mystery opponent I think has a really big advantage. I don't know who he is or she. Um, don't know who they are. And I'm excited to watch them all rip each other from limb to limb. We've got Joker J versus Big Sexy John May in the Powerhouse Championship. Uh, They've been going back and forth on social media. Uh, And then finally, we've got unsanctioned match TCO versus Motherfucker. And the Alpha Predator Joe Mega versus uh, my boy Uh, T-Money. T-Money! T-Money is low-key one of my favorite uh e-fighters of all time i've enjoyed his work we've teamed up before uh in pwr uh and we faced off in other places as well uh joe mega another you know talented talented individual you know uh he, he gets on there on the mic and you just you know you're just like holy shit and that's the best way i could describe
1: it uh, <clears throat> t-money you're absolutely right Is absolutely fantastic um and we're gonna you know, a little bit of a spoiler getting in my gimmick. Um a little bit later we're gonna be talking about here in just a few minutes actually we're gonna be talking about some of our HKW history. We're gonna get into this tonight, but T Money at one point, uh I was looking at for a really big uh prominent role and he was a name that came up and almost uh made a serious impact on the on the closing days of HKW. We came real close to that.
0: Yeah, was believe it or not. There's quite a few names that a lot of people don't realize that we we had plans in the work. Uh, we'll talk about those as we get to them. Uh, this is the, I guess, surprise of the night uh, calling in.
1: Uh, that's right. It's a special night, a first here on the standards of Greatness podcast because it's not just you and me, man.
0: Yeah, we're joined by a it's guest. It's not
1: just you and me.
0: It's not that Mark Daniel oh, Roberts.
1: No, 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 no. But it is an elite guest we have here. On am starting the greatness podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It is my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Mr. Christopher
2: Chaos.
0: Hey, buddy, how Hello, you Chris.
2: doing? Hello, boys. Yeah, yeah. No. I, I see. I see your middle finger, Mr. Snake in the grass, and you know. I, I want to point out a couple of things. First of all, you didn't have to be sneaky about the contract. We both know that I put my career on line more times than there are days in a calendar year.
0: Oh no, and, no, um, you, you don't. You don't understand, Chris. I don't want to fire you. I leave that up to Brian. Brian's the one who actually got you fired. Just saying. Uh, I okay. plan on keeping well, you employed. We'll about that, I, we'll, well, we'll get there. So, I keep, really? I'm keeping you employed. I need somebody to carry my bags to work. My merch stand. And to make sure that you know my wife and son are taken care of, if I'm not around, I need somebody to stand guard outside my house to beat these stupid marks away with a stick.
2: I get, I, I, I get that. I do. You need, you need, you need revenue from all of my little empires out there to help keep food on your table. I get that. I get that. I, I totally understand that. <laughs> That's adorable. That. I, got, I got to look after my boys. I mean, come on.
0: I got to look after my boys. That's adorable, Chris. Se- the, E-Fight Elite, the E-Fight Elite royalties finally run out, and now you need to come back to me. That's sad.
1: All right, all right, girl, girls, girls, girls. We got a podcast to do. You two are going to have plenty of time to beat the hell out of each other on PCW's uh, pay-per-view inside Hell in a Cell. And, and Chris, Chris, can you do me one one solid? Sure, can give him one shot to the nose. I
2: can't. I can't. I can't reach across the table that far. So, oh, oh! oh you, I promise you, I'll, I'll break that pretty little nose of the wrestling gods. Okay. It's because Brian's got all those
0: concussion issues. I, and If he throws a punch, he's going to give himself one.
2: All right, all
1: right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here tonight what we uh, what we got planned? Something a little bit special, a little bit different for you. As most of you know, Evan and I are our, our roots, our history comes from. HKW, and a lot of people have asked us over the years to kind of like, kind of tell our story, kind of give you a little bit of the uh, history, tell you what's been going, what went on backstage. And so that's what we're going to do here tonight. We've got Chris here. Chris was our uh, our historian. Wrote down every match, every day, every every twist and turn that we went through. Gonna finally get some use out of that, Chris.
0: Our our bullshit aside, Chris. Chris huge props to you for doing this all these years man like our our, our k-fabe stuff aside super proud of oh, the work no, you're doing I, uh you know i'm excited to get into this I, I i remember some of it
2: my hands and my fingers from writing and stroking keys on a computer putting all this information in literally literally i'm surprised i don't have carpal tunnel
1: before we get into this, we do need to one more time just make sure to rep, uh, make sure to tell you all to go out there and pick up your enforced chew. Enforced chew. Make sure you are a madman in the sheets and an enforcer in the streets. Pick up your enforced chew today.
0: Yeah, it's- I'm not
2: just a. I'm not just a spokesman. I'm a user.
1: So HKW. Uh, had kind of a uh, an interesting start. A lot of people don't know about uh, this. Is actually one of my favorite little HKW uh, little tidbits. Is actually nobody got to see the first episode. Not not even either of you guys, uh, because there were so many technical errors with the first episode of HKW that was recorded that um, we never even bothered to air it. But as it as it turned out, there was actually originally going to be an HKW championship match in that show. Um and uh it, i let it all go CPU CPU. Um and I actually came out on top. Uh where this comes into play here is actually into our very first episode. Uh if you go back and watch the first episode, I actually walked out with the championship belt. That was why but this was the uh catalyst for the very few the very first uh main event feud which was with, with you Evan.
0: Yeah, um, surprise, surprise. Uh, Brian originally came to me with the idea for HKW. I wasn't sure what an EFED was at that time, like I've referenced before on the podcast. I thought it was LARPers and guys beating each other up. I I wasn't, I didn't know. I was like, oh, I'll watch it. Uh, No, it was uh, exciting to watch. I'm not a fan of the outfit. I'm going to make that abundantly clear for the millionth time.
1: Uh, Oh, that beautiful Purple spandex outfit,
0: the purple
2: people eater mask and
0: the cape. I'll show you guys a purple people eater.
2: (laughs) No, you did about five years ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I beat you. (laughs) In all seriousness, uh, I was deeply honored to win that match. Um, It was something that I wasn't quite sure what to make of. Uh, once I understood what was going on, though, I fully embraced it and I jumped in. Probably, I want to say the third episode in was when... Because I think the second episode I was playing catch-up on due to sc- uh, college at the time. Uh, yeah, it was really exciting and just cutting my first promo. I, I forget exactly who it was against. It might have been you. It might have been, like, you and the opponent I was facing. Uh, but, yeah, it just it led to a huge, huge part of our history as a as a, you know company uh it set the tone for main event feuds to come i like to think that everyone that came after us eventually you know got to that level uh there were some people that that didn't um but ultimately i'm proud to be a a part of that experience um you know it led into our first ever dr1 uh well we can get a little more into that if you want uh you see I was only a talent at that time. I wasn't involved in management. So my experiences that I'm going to be talking about through this this chunk of the podcast is going to be mostly is just a talent, somebody promoing, portraying the character. Whereas Brian was, you know, the booker man. The booker man! He had the pencil the in booker hand. man!
2: Booker man! Okay, I, I, I want
1: to take a little trip down memory lane real quick. Chris, read us off that first
2: card. What was on what was on that first that very first card of ours? February fifteenth, two thousand seventeen was HKW's opening show. Match one was for the HKW Internet Championship. Kyle Williams versus Chris Chaos. Kyle Williams won that match and became the first ever HKW internet champion. The women's championship was between Ashley and Tracy Winters. Ashley was the first HKW women's champion. And for the main event, we had a six-man Battle Royal that featured the champion, the Alpha Angel Brian Mean, versus Cameron Logan Lion Hunter, Drew Geddes, Dylan Bradford, Kevin Seifert, and the purple superhero himself, Evan Jones, who won that match and became the new HKW champion.
0: Technically, there's a really weird thing because of that episode zero thing, and I didn't know it until Brian explained it to me recently. Uh, Brian, do you want to go ahead and explain this?
1: So it gets a little a little confusing just as far as like who was that first champion. Um, Because like, there can be confusion in it, because like I, I did come out, and if you if you actually read it, it says you know I'm the champion. Of everything we had done in, in episode zero, um, but uh, at the same time that wasn't on TV at all, and that wasn't something that anyone knew about. I didn't feel like I had won the title. Um, so I, I, I like I'll go on record as saying I think of Evan as being the first HKW champion, um, but it did it did really easily give us that opening feud dynamic of just being like, okay, well, I have the belt. Evan's the guy who won the belt. Let's go back at it. And um, pretty pretty much immediately we went into our first pay-per-view, which was actually Broken Hearts in February, where I would dethrone Evan for the HKW title. And um, what's really more important, in in all reality, then like me winning the title there was what, what it was the catalyst to, um, and that was Evan, Cameron, uh, Dylan, uh, Aaron Bronson, all coming together and forming HKW's first stable, the Untouchables.
0: Oh, I
2: hated them. You play, you play a good bad guy, buddy. I yeah, you, you're good. I, I,
0: I do. What's funny is, is some people say they can't see me as a bad guy. Some people say they can't see me as a good guy. Clearly they, they didn't watch enough HKW because I did both.
1: Oh, there were there were definitely times where where you were doing both. Um, sometimes in the not in the same night.
0: Oh, <laughs> spoilers! Um, but <clears throat> excuse me, the
1: uh Evan, Evan creating the, um, Evan and, and Cameron and Aaron Bronson, Dylan Bradford, all coming together creating the stable of the Untouchables. As a booker putting myself in that championship role, I really, um, knowing my own personal experience in the professional wrestling industry, I knew that I was in a position where I could carry that title at, in the early days. Um, and I wanted to make sure that whoever I handed it off to was ready. And at the same time having giving evan and cameron and aaron all the ability to straight call me out on booking myself to be the champion it let them be the heels while also giving them a very legitimate uh gripe you know and i think that's really important i think that gets lost a lot of times is like the reason people are fighting
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know you guys had a, a legit reason to be pissed off, and I always felt that was important.
0: Yeah, well, it's that's important for wrestling to make sense. If if you can't do that, then your product's not connecting with the audience in the way it should.
1: Um. You know, as we move along, I'm going to kind of move this a little along a little bit faster too. Here, um, our next paper. I'm not going to get into all the the nitty gritty, but the next big pay per view we had. Was our uh, our king of the ring, if you will? Uh, he became the the king of the wasteland tournament. But the very first year it was actually called the Lord of Madness tournament. And some jabroni, I, I
2: can't remember his name, uh, ended up winning that.
0: It was the uh, Brooke- that would be That was a Brooklyn brawler. Yeah. It was that Brooklyn
2: that, that brawler. would be me. I want to point out too that 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 for me was a defining moment as far as coming into this because like. Evan said with himself, I, 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 I'm i a wrestling fan. Like, I'm an old school. I grew up, you know, I'm, I predate WrestleMania. Like, and so when you came to me, Brian, with this idea, I was gung-ho, especially with the aspect of learning the other side of the business, not just from the fan point of view. And like Evan, this whole first, like, year and a half or so of HPW, I was rostered. And this is kind of where I really kind of started to feel like I, I was coming into my own. Like I had, I, I had a gimmick. I had a catchphrase. I, I, I was starting to move. I, I felt like I was actually doing something like meaningful.
1: Um, that's good. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> know quite how to respond to that. Sorry. Um, also around this time, we also had, um, We had a a NPC character based off of my real life brother, um, Apocalypse, who interjected um, a new championship belt into the HKW landscape, bringing the kayfabed KZW championship over and renaming it the Apocalypse Championship. But But what was actually more important than that was who came with it. Um, this would be the introduction of Xander Shaw um, and and his origin, um, the the ex-assassin making his way into the HKW, chasing Apocalypse, and what was at one time uh, a championship belt and a kayfabe fed that he had been that he had been chasing.
0: I always thought it was kind of a cool. It's a cool origin intro. story. It was a cool origin story. Oh yeah, definitely. I,
2: I def- I, I, it was one of the more, it was one of the more uh, like for me, it was one of the more like I could get behind it type of origins.
0: Yeah, where it it connected right away and like, you know, I think uh, we'll get more into Xander's history as we go through this, but adding another non-untouchables babyface besides you and Chris really helped sell the product a little more as legitimate. You know, that's, sometimes in EFED, the biggest complaint that that I hear is people always call it, oh, you, people just book their friends. Well, yeah, we were friends with this guy, but we made sure to book him in a way that was respectable, still at a level that gave him a chance for growth, at least from my interpretation as, as a fan and as a part of the roster, to watch him have those initial steps and have those initial promos and to learn, you know, at that, that time. It, to me, I really enjoyed that whole arc. Between Apocalypse and Xander, it's one of my favorites. Uh, There's a lot of long-term storytelling there.
1: And I think what's great about Xander Shaw is, as far you know, and we'll get into this as we go through, but Xander, um, you you were able to see him as a champion, but still as the new guy.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, so it's that it's that he comes in with credibility, yeah, but not too much credibility. And I, I always liked that about his intro personally um the whole deal with the lord of madness tournament um was had a a special little stipulation for the winner we were going to uh put the winner in the main event of our of our wrestlemania digital revolution and they would be facing off against not the champion but instead real life uh wrestler and a former world champion in his own right in the independent scene Whipdog Johnson um, and Chris, you you got that honor. How how did that feel for you, Matt?
2: Uh, I still look back on it honestly as one of my fondest moments. Uh, the the honor was it was way bigger than even I could fathom it. Like Whip Dog and I have even become friends outside of this because because of this.
1: Do you remember? Do you remember what I told you when you won that match? When you won the Lord of Madness tournament, and I told you you're going to go face Whip Dog. Do you remember what I told you about that match? Oh yeah. What I said.
2: I wasn't winning. You weren't winning. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but 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 that's the thing. It's like I got it. Like I understood why. On multiple levels, I wasn't, but it was still like I watched that match with every believability that I was going to win, and the outcome I never saw coming, like him and I breaking that ring, and and the fact that that we'll touch on that. That's something I'm sure we'll come across the game touching later down. Is that kind of came of a, a thing for him and I?
0: Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Something I want to know. Actually, what's kind of funny is Brian had already recorded this match for Digital Revolution. I had talked to him because we, we were talking about the Monday Night Raw literally like the week before. You'd already recorded it because you were trying to work ahead. And mm-hmm. the Raw was the same Raw where uh, Braun Strowman superplexed Big Show through the ring and then got yeah. back up. And first thing I wake up to the next morning is Brian just going, This is fucking bullshit. And he explained to me what happened and I had to go watch it. and was like oh my fucking god I remember
1: um, that too yeah I was I I I was so afraid that because I had I had planned out that spot that ring break spot you know a good month in advance and to um then to see then to see the finish you know days before you guys are all supposed to see that same finish. <laughs> I was just it, it gutted me. Um, yeah, <laughs> this was supposed to be the, the the final moment of the big, the first big show, and so then that was the, the timing was really coincidental, and
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was memorable. That's for sure. And like overall, I don't think many people connected the dots or assumed it was like. You know, we didn't copy them, but like that's the fear is you don't want to seem like you're you're copying the WWE or like somebody else. Uh, it's just a happenstance, and you know it worked out. Uh, I enjoyed that match as a fan. Uh, you know, Chris winning would have been great, but Chris losing also set him up for well the future. We'll get into that here in a little bit.
2: A pretty cool future, actually.
0: Yep. Um,
1: with with uh you know, before we go into our match, Evan. Chris, you want to run through uh some like Cameron Logan Lion Hunter had a, I believe he he was in the match for the internet championship, is that is that right? Uh, I
2: believe so.
1: We had um we had Xander Shaw finishing up that feud with Apocalypse for the Apocalypse Championship. Uh Xander would go over that. Would, overall, I thought that first digital revolution went really well. Um, the semi, well, the co main event, I think it's going to call it a co main event, would go down where Evan's evil, Evan is the evil leader of the Untouchables, would face me for the HKW championship. Um, he's alluded to it about a billion times um, where. He decided to send me flying. I flew off the top of the cell headfirst through an announce table. And, uh, Evan, congratulations. You would pick up the victory at the very first Digital Revolution for the HKW title.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was not an easy decision to make. I regretted it at the time. I, I still regret it at the time. And now, um... I want to talk a little bit about the build going into that. I really thought that in terms of the story we were telling for promos, uh, we kind of elevated, you know, not only ourselves and the company, and, like, we were kind of carrying a lot of that, but, like, you know, the way we were able to use scenery. um, You cut a promo, I'd cut a promo somewhere else. Uh, My favorite bit was when I got a... There's a landmark in, in my city where there's a metal bridge on one of the roads. It's Chainlink. So I thought, with the Hell in a Cell you know, challenge, this is the place to you know, to cut the promo. So I cut the promo, and it's something a lot of people say to me is, oh, you have the balls to cut promos in broad daylight. I just don't care what other people have to think or say about what I'm doing. Um, I cut the promo, and I was like, Brian, you asked for this. I'm going to make the angel fly, and I'm going to clip your wings. And then the next day, you came back, because I think you were at a park, and you were angry. You were, like, rattling the cage in your promo. You were like, you want Hell in a Cell? You want the championship? Fine, you got it. And then you're like, I forget exactly what you said, but you're like, you'll be, you'll be sorry you asked for this, basically. It was kind of the gist I got from it. And I just th- I felt like we really set the tone for, like, what a main event should be. All four of us. You and me, Chris and Whip, uh, even, you know, the mid-undercard guys, like, there was It was like a vibe that was just like energetic, and I, I'm really honored that I could do that.
1: There was definitely a community kind of feeling for that, especially for that very first digital revolution. Yeah.
0: It felt like um, guerrilla Organic, almost.
1: Yeah, you know, and Evan, I've never really told you this, but like, and this is, and I understand, I'm not trying to rip on you when I say this, it's just where everybody starts off. Everybody starts off kind of like not having uh not really knowing who their character is you know and you kind of got to work through that you kind of got to develop it yeah and um for being in the position that you were in i was really amazed how uh how fast you were able to uh, jump in with both feet and 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 really start like giving it that 110 percent into your character and trying to figure out who your character was
2: uh, I want to. I want to premise this by saying that when HKW first was presented to Evan and I by you, Evan's lone comment was, "Sure, just don't job me out."
0: It's a simple request. <laughs> no, and, and
2: I get it. I get it. I I, I get it. I, didn't know I, I had understand planned. it. No, I un- I understand the premise of the comment, but it's 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 funny to go to to understand to f- fully understand kind of you. How this is where you started. Like this is the very kind of first of Evan Jones. Like this is the comment he makes. Like two time hey, world to champ see, to see you five years down the road. You're the wrestling god, and you know KF you know all, all our stories and stuff aside. Like, dude, I'm 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 truly kind of like in awe of it. I really am. Like, well, it's, it's 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 it, it is. It's commendable to see. You go from that comment to where you are now. Yeah, if 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 you if if we had said five years ago to you, hey, by the way, uh,
1: don't make me, Mister, don't make me a jobber. You're gonna be one of the the biggest names out around. Like, I think you probably would have laughed at us.
0: <laughs> I probably would have. I, I thought it was people beating each other up. I thought it was larpers. I did. I'm being I real when I, said, you I expect shoot. you
1: to come to the park and larp with us, motherfucker.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna have to throw Chris off of a cage again, or Chris off a cage this time, aren't I?
1: Um, after Digital Revolution, we went into kind of what became more of our, uh, I guess, regular season.
0: Yeah, like um, bulk of it.
1: Uh, I think the real, you know, really, pro, you know, before we. Before we get into the summer, uh, that first summer of the HKW, a couple of a couple of things that started to happen. First, um, I had I had uh, started tag teaming with Aaron Air Bronson, who had himself broken away from the Untouchables. Uh, we would go on to uh, be known as the Guardians, who uh, we had a pretty successful set of tag team runs in the HKW. Well, in first... addition uh, a new faction started rearing their ugly head uh in a group called purity
0: yeah why is it always the cults why do we attract always... cults <laughs> so we were trying I was trying to do
1: something a little bit different with with the whole purity idea you know instead of going uber dark I was trying to go uber light with it you know uh, a whole lot of white everything white but I still wanted to have some of that mystical element uh, the undertaker style element um,
0: Mr. Clean Mr. Clean
1: uh, <laughs> uh, Cliff Williams Kyle Williams both uh, real life excuse me friends of the show um, it, it was fun doing something Different with them, and uh, having you know, I don't think that's ever uh, a role Cliff ever saw himself in, but uh, I can effectively say here Cliff is the one guy who is definitely as big as his is Man, that guy, can, <laughs> he's huge, yeah. Um, uh, but Purity would start uh, kind of taking over HKW. Kind of making life a living hell for both the untouchables and for the regular HKW roster.
0: Yeah, Cameron got his ass beat bad. So, so did I. Chris got his ass beat. Me too. Everybody was getting their ass beat. Uh, even I caught some hands. Um, yeah, it was. And then they took the puck away from you. Yeah, fucking bastard uh yeah it was an interesting thing it was where you started to see more of the tweener and I know I shit on tweeners a lot but in order to really sell the babyface transition and like figure out what I wanted to do I I kind of had to portray a tweener where I was doing both heel and babyface things at the same time it was hard it's not easy but uh yeah I mean I, I had fun I got to cut some some more outdoors promos got to threaten to burn you know Cliffs purity garden or whatever it was um, which by how, does
1: it, how does it feel being the uh, the one man in HKW to lose the world Heavyweight Championship to uh, a
0: glitch <sighs> actually that's not true so, that's not true Cameron got Cameron lost and we'll get into
1: that later. That, 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 that wasn't a glitch. That was just me being terrible at the game.
0: Oh. <laughs> That's almost worse.
1: It is almost
0: worse.
2: Uh, you know, um,
0: uh, how does it scars feel? Scars and Stripes.
2: Mm. It was Scars and Stripes. Um, actually, actually, no, it was Urban Assault. Urban, urban assault. assault. Excuse me.
1: Yeah. Urban Assault. That's why we got you here, Chris. That's why we got our historian here. Uh, it was Urban Assault. Evan Jones climbs up to the top rope while in a world heavyweight championship match against Cliff and um, the kayfabe above it was the game screwed up and somehow Evan went from being on the top rope to being laid out on the ground and his car was not moving.
0: I got Finn Balor. <laughs> you, did get, you did get you got Finn Balor before Finn Balor got Ballard. Finn Balor. He got jonesed.
2: <laughs> he got jonesed. <laughs> Yeah. I WWE. Love
0: it. Hashtag conspiracy theory. WWE watches wait, wait, HKW. Wait.
1: Were you the wrestling god that Roman Reigns was pointing to?
2: Maybe. Oh,
1: shit. Mind blown oh, right now. Oh,
0: shit. That's what I did? Oh, I gotta stop listening. <laughs>
2: you did this. This is all your fault, Evan. Sorry, we Finn. We blame you, Evan.
0: Got to help my tribal Uh, chief.
1: Evan would go down uh, outside the ring uh, due to a lack of video editing software at the time. This led to Cliff becoming the HKW champion by way of knockout.
0: Yeah. You You know, I could be sour about that, but honestly... I'll take that over DR4 any day of the week.
2: We'll get there. We'll touch on that later, I'm sure. We'll get there.
0: We'll get there. We'll get there, and I'm going to have a ton to say.
1: I bet you will. (laughs) I bet you will. Um, Shortly after losing the HKW championship, Evan would be met out in the ring. By his untouchable uh, brother, Cameron Logan Lionhunter, who would inform Evan that the Untouchables were now under new management.
0: Now, you—you y- what got me is I stood up for him when he got his ass beat, and that's the thanks <laughs> I get.
2: Well, mind you, before the before that moment happened, we have to visit. Uh, Scars and Stripes. Oh wait, wait Did something wait?
1: Hold, did something important happen for you at Scars and
0: Stripes?
2: Yes, something very important for both Evan and I. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: At Scars and Stripes, um, Richard G. Mayer came out and, prior to a few weeks prior to this, would offer Chaos a. Once in a lifetime copper opportunity. Uh, Cough up the newly won Internet Championship for a shot at the HKW Championship, which he gladly took. So, Evan's rematch for the HKW title became a triple threat. You
0: know, I just say... Chaos
2: won. Chaos won, which was his first HKW Heavyweight Championship.
0: I did all the heavy lifting in that match.
2: Heavy lifting, but yet chaos with the... Really? Really?
0: No, no, Like Go back and watch that match.
2: You're lucky the audience can't see video footage.
0: Go back and watch that match. A majority of that match, I was on the offensive. I was breaking Cliff down. You and I were trading blows. You hit me with, I think, a snapmare suplex or something like that, or a clothesline or something. I ended up outside the ring. You hit Cliff with the F5. One, two, three. It was... That I did. You know, I'm not taking anything away from you. I'm just saying... I blame Purity for that.
2: Well, you had kind of had a change of heart by that point.
0: Yeah, I felt that, really, really guilty. I felt really guilty.
2: That and, that and Scars and Stripes would be the um, essential downfall of Purity as there was a civil war six man civil war with the guardians Aaron Bronson and Brian Nee teaming with Xander Shaw to take on Apocalypse uh Jason and uh I believe Kyle Williams
0: it was yeah which yep. which the guardians and um Xander Xander picked Shaw picked up the victory yep uh, yeah i mean they ended purity um Something we didn't touch it, on before.
1: It was, good, it was a good early, like feel good moment. Like I felt like that was one of those kind of we all just kind of like, yeah, good good for the
2: good guys feeling.
0: Yeah, until we get to the next pay-per-view.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we don't even have to wait that long.
1: Because so, I know the
2: the moment we're talking.
1: So so I, Explaining, I, ask, Explaining I, wanna, I wanna ask some questions. I wanna get I wanna I wanna get this out right. So it had come out that the Untouchables were under new leadership that uh and and behind the scenes I had informed both of you as well as um Xander Shaw that one of the three or one of, you know one of the four of us was uh was was the mastermind behind everything that was going on here and i know there was a lot of uh, a lot of talk about who who the bad guy was and i just want to know evan why did you think it was chris
0: well if i'm being perfectly honest the, sil- the silhouette was chris like uh, for the promotional material it was chris that was during a day, when, or during the days when I was up late doing a lot of studying and, like, whatnot. So, like, I was watching the recap of the show, and I was like, that's Chris's silhouette. Next thing I know, I'm like, it's got to it's be Chris. It's got to be Chris. <laughs> and then, Chris, I got to ask you, why did you think it was Xander Shaw?
2: I wasn't... I- for me it was a toss-up between you and xander
0: they I, just I, kicked I, me I, out
2: i i the fa- i was i was the fans were in there. i was i was the face i was i was becoming the wall of hkw like i was that guy you had already been an untouchable so it wasn't a real big reach for me to go evans back in control and then Xander, being the new guy that I didn't really know a lot about, like, yeah, he came from this company over here, was it, you know, and was dealing with Apocalyte, but like Apocalyte was untouchable at one point, so it, maybe, like,
0: yeah, I I'll mean, be
2: honest, I never, never contemplated it that it would be who it was.
0: Yeah. So, Brian, uh, you got some explaining to do. Uh, I just want to preface this before you actually give an answer. Uh, about an hour before the show went live, I'm sitting there talking with Brian, right? It's just me and him. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going through all the scenarios. Like, I was like, what if it is me? What if he just worked me? And I was like, but no, he wouldn't do that. And I was like, what if it's this motherfucker? What if it's Brian this whole fucking time just working all of us and having us all finger point? And then I watched the episode. My first message to him afterwards was, you cocksucker. <laughs>
2: I called him a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I did. He did it well. I straight up well. call him a dick.
0: He did it so well. He it, had was was
2: really it was really
1: important. It was really important. to me to not let anyone know um, who who it was. And I knew the whole time that it was going to be me. I had plotted out that I was going to do the heel turn because uh, Evan, you had turned baby. Yeah. At that point, like through the through the whole purity arc, you had been turning baby. And I thought it would be a, a regression of your character to go back to just being the heel of the company. With Chris, uh, and same thing with Xander, I didn't think that either of them were in a place where a heel turn would benefit them.
0: Yeah, that, that that's kind of the logic that I have settled on eventually. But and like looking back so, at it that makes sense.
1: Um, and I knew with my character, I needed something to freshen my character up. So, uh, with me t- so me turning on you guys and becoming the new leader of the Untouchables, it just made a lot of sense for a lot of the uh, story-driven points of the show, and um, really became the big catalyst of everything that would happen for the next year.
0: Agreed. Um, um my this tr- led directly in- go ahead oh go ahead uh well just like we we had both established ourselves as main eventers but like I don't think anybody else was really in the position to be there outside of that four that we talked about the potential suspects like there were some people that were kind of within reach but they weren't quite there yet so I think I definitely agree with like looking back at it your booking decision um you know you worked everyone like in the entire company like bravo like my hands off to you like i just have to say this bravo
1: thank you it was, it was honestly a, bi- a big joy to to get to work you guys to not to not have you guys know what was what was coming and to hear your reactions was great um uh, I, to the point that like that, that really became a big part of why i enjoyed watching uh, the show later with Daniel Roberts, was that same pop.
0: Hashtag <laughs>
1: DRM. DRM. a fucking mark. Um, this would, of course, lead into um the first uh, Heat wave pay-per-view and the, uh, our first Elimination Chamber, where Cameron would he- assist me in capturing Chris's HKW Championship and really solidifying me as the top heel in the company.
0: Yeah, if I remember
1: correctly. $750,000 Richard.
0: So Chris, I have a question to ask you. What was it like getting tapped out being the very first one eliminated in that match? Like, as a fan and as a talent. Like, your reaction. Just... As, a
2: fan, as a fan, I was shocked. Talent, I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I I like I went into that match. I didn't know if I was scheduled to win or lose. Like it hadn't been defined yet. Like the the decision was either going to be August or September. Like we, it, it, Brian hadn't told me one hundred percent yet. It was it was basically like he was working you know, a couple of things to figure out, and I was like okay. Being the first one eliminated, like, I was, I got up. I, 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 like, as a fan, like, I got up from watching the show, and I'm just like, what the fuck did I just watch? Uh,
0: From my perspective, being also in the match, uh, I actually kind of expected myself to get eliminated early. I was still in that fluctuation period. I'd kind of just be newly full-on babyface because of Brian turning on me. Um, I didn't expect to make it as far as I did um but Brian, your boy helped you win the title, but you took him out instead of me. What's that all about? Did you have some deep seated hatred for Cameron under the surface there?
1: No, it's you no know, you know what it is it's deep seated respect for Cameron, okay but is... you have to know. You have to know your opponents. You have to know your friends. And, and the truth is, is I know that, Evan, you're a devious, underhanded son of a bitch. Chris, you're, you can be a devious, underhanded son of a bitch. Cameron can be a devious, underhanded son of a bitch, and so can I. All I was making sure of was that everything went to plan just like it was supposed to. Before Cameron got some smart-ass idea in the 11th hour of 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 pulling, you know, the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, a roll-up on me, and all of a sudden, he's the champion. I mean, it's not like that never happened.
0: <laughs> we'll all. get to that in a little bit. Yeah, so... I would go on to
1: win the I would go on to win the elimination chamber. Chris, you weren't too happy about that.
2: No, I I instantly initiated the rematch clause at the time we were holding for what was called on your screen, our September pay per view.
0: Which later became where,
2: Fallout. Yep. Where you Apparently, we're afraid because you had to use a chair to get dequeued. Causing me not to, causing me to win the match, but not the title.
1: You know what? You know what? First of all, you're welcome. Okay, because if it weren't for me doing that, you wouldn't have gotten the win. Now I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go to my co-host here real quick, Evan. I walked out with the belt.
0: You did. And honestly, I mean, it was a pretty charitable thing. You gave him a win. Like, Brian, I got to say, my my recent run, I've been watching a lot of our old stuff, buddy. And it got me inspired. You got me inspired.
1: I tried to be an inspiration.
0: All the little jimmies of the world, I now see what they see in you. Before I didn't see it, now I see it.
2: It's not like you didn't get a rematch after that, Chris. No, but Brimstone, you you made it very clear that if I was to get another shot, I had to put something up pretty much of equal value. That would be my career.
1: I believe my exact words were, as long as I ruled the HKW as its champion, you would not set foot in my kingdom. It would be banished from HKW. Yes, damn right. Got and you know it was so great there for a couple of months.
0: Yeah, I didn't need for a motorcycles of
1: there. It was so peaceful. Yeah, there's a no chaotic. Nobody complained all the time about like catering.
0: Who drinks my in catering?
1: Uh, I'm I'm pretty that sure that was Xander Shop.
0: It was because. He, he, Okay, Chris. That's then. That my bad. I owe you an apology for that because Xander was saying it was you.
2: I don't like my ties. Okay. Well, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about
1: some of the other things that were going on in HKW around this time?
2: So chaos is banished for as long as the Mad King, as you would be dubbed, the is ruling as the HKW champion. The Burger King. <laughs> during this time. During this time. A uh, new faction would be born of Doomsday, which would be Evan, Xander, Sid, and Apocalypse.
0: Yeah, so uh, there was a lot going on. I mean, on your screen, I was in the Ultimate Opportunity match, uh, which was new to HKW. It was our money in the bank. Uh, there was also uh, at Brimstone, while you two were duking it out inside Hell in a Cell, career versus title. I was whipping Cameron Logan Lion Hunter's ass in a last-man-standing match. Now, I actually want to preface this. Originally, that was supposed to be an ambulance match, but we found out that ambulance matches weren't possible within the game, so we kind of changed it a little bit at the last minute uh, when talking with Brian. Um,
1: Originally, when the, uh, the release notes came out for WWE 2K18... Uh, We were told that there would be an ambulance match in there. We were all really psyched for it, Um, and so we had booked it out that way, so that when the new game came out, that we'd be able to have the the ambulance match in our first show. I was pretty disappointed about that, to be honest. I still am.
0: Yeah, that was. Oh, good. I I really really enjoyed the match I had with Cameron. Uh, It's you know the war with the Untouchables, uh, forming Doomsday uh, was fun. Um, so, I don't know how, Brian, if you want me to give my perspective, um, so, I guess I'll get into Pure Bedlam. So, Pure <clears throat> Bedlam was our Survivor Series, if you will. Um, the match was a four-on-four elimination match, uh, with Doomsday versus the Untouchables, uh, Brian's team versus my team, um, our team, I think we won three to one, I think Apocalypse or Sid was eliminated for our team, and then um, I eliminated a couple, and Xander eliminated a couple. Uh, It was was a
1: sound victory for for Doomsday. So
0: looking back at that, it was a good match. It was a sound victory. It it established them as a legitimate faction. My one caveat would be, as far as booking, like looking as a fan and uh, as someone that does booking now, um, there were no stakes for the match. We dominated you guys, but, like, nothing came of it. If that was... That's probably, wa- probably one of the few things within the first year I would go back and change, is I would add some stakes to that match to make it mean something. I felt like we could have done a mil... We, like, I could have got a world title shot, and everybody else could have got, like, a... or We could have made it work with, with tag belts, and, like, there could have been championships, or... Some type of stakes that cost you guys something, I think, would have made that show better. It was still a really good show, but I think we undersold ourselves on the main event.
2: Uh, I, I, as a fan, like sitting because because sitting on the shelf, really for the most part, and sitting back and just watching, it, it Doomsday to me felt very lacking. I would. I was talking to Brian about it earlier, and I he actually kind of I see why he pointed it out as to why, and, and it now is like like you, Bucker, like I see it. A lot of it had to do with the two sides. Like you had Brian, Cameron, and Aaron. Very, you know, you, you people, real people who were doing things, and all you, all, all dooms they had really was you and Xander, and that's not too late any blame at any one person yeah, no. feet. But it was definitely there was definitely you know yeah. it wasn't an equal like it would be later in different factions and feuds.
0: Yeah, that that's the thing. And like Xander was still relatively new to promoing, so, you know, a lot of the promos he was doing I was helping, you know, kinda coach him through uh I you know, say something to make him laugh to kinda get the the giggles or like the the chuckle fucks out of him so he could actually be straight-laced and give a promo and be serious. Um, but, like, he was still learning, so it was a lot of, like, balancing act. It was kind of like a one-and-a-half versus three, where it should have been kind of four-on-four. Four. Um, but nobody's to blame for that. It's it's a fun thing. It's just... You
2: know,
1: I, I can go ahead, and I can... I can shoulder it. Like I, I, when we started this podcast, we said that we were gonna, we were more than willing to take our lumps for the the mistakes that we made. And this is this is exactly what it is. You know, I am not an infallible booker by any sense of the imagination, and it was a mistake. It, there were mistakes made on my part in the uh, in the booking of Doomsday, and you know, um, especially with. The way that the stable was laid out, I think that you know it was a situation where we we really easily could have given you um, a, a manager as even just another mouthpiece um, would have been would have been helpful, or to just have the booking be just a little bit more uh, strictly solid for the baby faces at that point in time. Uh, probably would have been more advantageous just to give you guys more momentum, which would, I I think uh, on Xander's side, probably would have given him a little bit more um, confidence moving forward in that feud. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I think there were some missteps on on my part for sure there.
0: I can definitely see where Um, you're coming from.
1: And I I think that in the end, that's why uh, Doomsday didn't end up having the longevity that uh, the Untouchables or uh, most of the uh, factions that would come through HKW would have.
0: Yeah, within two and a half months, Doomsday was basically broken up. I mean, it it didn't have the longevity. And, you know, I'm not going to say it's a regret. I don't regret anything we did. But it's definitely a learning experience.
1: It, It could have been capitalized on more. It could have been done better. Um, the one thing that it, it did do for us, though, and that you know, was it helped us get through the winter, which was the the big the big thing because what nobody knew outside of Chris and myself was Chris's uh, exile had been all planned out from day one. Uh, Chris knew that he was getting beat, Chris knew that he was getting banished, getting fired, however you want to say it, but this was all to lead up towards our our royal gauntlet, our, our royal rumble, if you will, um, where Chris would show up at number 30, but there was one more thing that needed to happen before Chris could show up, and that was for me to lose the HKW title. Evan, a a couple weeks ago, you said you were really proud of the way I did this.
0: So, to preface it for the audience, uh, Sanders Shaw won the Ultimate Opportunity Briefcase on your screen. He held on to it for a while, um, was goaded into a match by Cameron Logan Lionhunter. Cameron took the briefcase and then cashed it in on Brian... To become a champ, they were... Basically, it was set up to where Apocalypse turned on me. uh, Breaking up Doomsday. Uh, Apocalypse started going to war with Brian and me. We had a triple threat at Festival of Fights. Or was it New Year's Resolution? One of the two.
2: New Year's Resolution.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, so... We had that triple threat set up. uh, But... Before we even had the match. Minutes before. Minutes the match. before Cameron cashes in on Brian. They think, oh, Brian doesn't have to defend the title against him and, you know. They think they've won. They think that well, the match still takes place, and Apocalypse beats the holy shit out of both of us. Like with chairs and everything. Um No titles involved. No, no titles involved. Uh, Cameron then Faces Brian in a rematch the following Wednesday. Brian wins via—I don't want to say a finger poke at him, but
1: it was more that Cameron tried to hand me the title back, and management wasn't having that. So the official match would be at Royal Gauntlet, where Cameron and I would face off in a first blood match. That way there was no choice but for us to lay hands on each other. Yeah, well... But the real thing here is I'm not champion anymore, and as soon as that belt was off my shoulder, it opened the door for Chris's return.
2: And I want to premise this by explaining to those who might not know that in order to sell this 45 months hiatus firing, I had created multiple characters. I was the I had created Quinty Central, who was the GM of our Friday night show. I had created Smash, who was one half of Apocalypse, Just to sell that Chris Chaos was gone, never to return.
1: It was always gonna return. It was yeah. always planned. We had a book to the day.
0: Yeah, I mean The moment you pulled that off on us where you had Cameron cash in I was like, this motherfucker's bringing Chris back to win the gauntlet. I ended up being right, and that made me really happy to see Chris come back on the screen, actually. Because even though we're having issues now, I missed you at the time.
1: I think with professional wrestling. um, And I think this is the case in movies, I think this is the case in TV shows. You know, to... To a certain extent, you want to be surprised.
0: Uh-huh.
1: You want you want to be shocked. You want to be able to be surprised. But there's also those moments that you want to be able to. It's a surprise, but you knew you still knew it was coming. And like um, the end of Avengers: Endgame, we all knew that all the superheroes are coming back. Yeah, you know That's... we know somehow they're all going to make their way back. But that moment where they're all coming through portals, holy shit, man, that's, like, my favorite moment in any movie. Yeah, it's just... Like, that was
0: epic. It's the journey to getting to the epic moment. And Um, what an epic moment for Chris Chaos.
2: Yeah, being the first Royal Gauntlet winner, um, clotheslining an apocalypse over the top rope, and winning and, and garnering a shot at the hkw championship and a, another shot at the mad king
0: i gotta i gotta, uh, was
2: on a warpath.
0: i gotta say my favorite thing during that whole whole like fall to winter thing was when i stopped at a burger king and i got a crown and i started cutting promos mocking brian that was my favorite thing during that time anytime <laughs> somebody call him the mad king i'd be like no he's the burger king and it Little things like that add a lot of dimensions to promos that I think a lot of people don't realize.
2: It, it well,
1: and it helped me too. You know, the more you got into, both of you, uh, you know, through both of our feuds, um, the more you got into your character, the more you got into coming after me. The more I got into my character and coming back after you, and I, I think that added a lot of uh, dynamic. Plus, I think it helped Chris having to sit on the shelf for uh, for four months and, and not being allowed to even uh, respond on Facebook. He, he was forbidden to even comment.
0: He did one time make a post. Oh,
2: my, my, my.
0: Yeah.
2: Yep, somebody, there was, I, I I'll be real. I'll, you know, we're always, talking about being real. My now ex-wife won the HKW Women's Championship. She was an untouchable at the time. And I congratulated her And posted, said, congratulatory speech to her um, on the HW page. And within minutes, um, the Mad King had fully responded to this, admonishing it, banishing it. And I want to might add that I won Wrestler of the Year that year. And I wasn't at the show. (laughs) And you still had, and you still were, like, even when I wasn't there, you were just, well, Relentless on this, just erasing me from you know the young history that was HKW at the time.
0: Little
1: hey, to stick with the gimmick, man. You gotta—it's it's commitment, is what it is. It's all about. Oh
2: something. yeah, no, you, you were definitely committed to it.
1: Uh, uh, Evan, Evan had been committed to uh, to winning quite a bit over the course of the first year. He had won. He had managed to win tag team gold. He had managed to win HKW Championship. And uh about a month after that you picked up your first apocalypse championship.
0: Yeah, I went hardcore.
1: How was that for you? You don't because even today, like, it's weird for me to think of you in a hardcore division.
0: Now, see, a lot of people seem to think that When push comes to shove, I'm a violent motherfucker. I used to play hockey. I will throw hands, I will grab weapons, I will go Billy Madison on your ass and grab the skate and chase you to stab you.
2: He roots for the avalanche, but he loves the the Red Wings.
0: Fuck yourself, Coyote Boy. (laughs) I hate the Red Wings.
1: Well, there's no county for taste.
0: So... (laughs)
1: Um, What this would really lead to would um, also be Cameron. Um, After picking up the win over me, he had managed to hold an HKW championship. He had also been a tag team champion. He had been a internet champion. The only thing that Cameron was missing out of uh, his little passport was the Apocalypse Championship. The only thing you were missing was... His internet championship, and we get to uh, digital revolution. And we got a couple of, of, of pretty interesting matches to take yeah. place.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, it was exciting. Um, you had told me ahead of time that I was I was going to be the first ever Grand Slam champion, uh, but you you kind of let me dictate the pace of you know Cameron and I dictate the pace of how excuse me how we role play. And I got to say, in my opinion, that was some of Cameron's best work. Uh, it was some of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, my, honestly, some of my most fun that I had. Uh, we we went back and forth. We went vicious at each other, you know, little jabs here and there. And it, it was just a lot of fun. And I just want to say, Cameron, actually, I think I'd have to double check with the historian here, might be the most decorated Internet champion in HKW history with the most amount of reigns. I think five or six. Um, I
1: believe that's correct. Yeah. I, I believe it actually got up to eight. Oh, wow. By the end.
0: Yeah, that's definitely definitely a decorated guy. He, uh, he works hard. Uh, his later runs were not up to par. Eventually, we'll cover that as well. But in my opinion, some of his best work was during that period. And it was a joy to he, work with he
1: was, him. He was putting out really good, really good promos, and... Uh, that would actually lead into a bit His work in that era actually led into a big, uh, some big boons for him within uh, a year's time. Yep. Um. So, uh, but 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 yes, um, Evan would go on to become the first Grand Slam champion. We also would have our first King of the Wasteland tournament in uh, March, uh, a month before. The um a month before the uh, digital revolution pay per view, which Cameron um would actually win that.
0: Yep, um, King of the Wasteland. That that was. I I think it took me a while to actually be able to compete in one of those because I was usually in the main event. But like, uh, it was always a joy to watch that. Like even not being involved in it, just watching the people promo back and forth with each other, watching the storylines play out on screen and just seeing it unfold. And it's what it made working in the mid card and low card, like really worth it. Cause you know, being honest, our our biggest gap was always our undercard and our, our low card. Cause we had a lot less active role players in that. So like going down to the hardcore division was a choice I made because I wanted to work there. I wanted to build it up. I wanted to, to kind of help mold it and help you know craft it, because that was something that Brian and I had talked about, where we we really wish we could kind of like bring it up and legitimize it, and you know, actually those were my only Internet and uh, Apocalypse Championship runs. Of I believe I might maybe I had one more Internet Championship. I
1: believe you had one more Internet Championship
2: run later on. I
0: I'd I'd have to that. ask the historian for sure. Um, I would have to
2: dig out that book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll talk about that later. But, uh, yeah, it was just, you know, for the minimum amount of work that I was involved in with that, uh, it was truly something that I cherish. And I appreciate the fact that, you know, not only was I, you know, the first champion, but I was also the first Grand Slam champion. And it's just been a huge honor to kind of be involved in the process, too.
1: I don't know if, if either of you ever really realized this, but um, so big uh, kind of uh, inspiration to me as I was doing the whole, you know, all of HKW, and especially in the early years, you know, creating and crafting the shows. Uh, I mean, I'm a big attitude on that, you know, going back to the old school days of Raw's War and, uh, and Nitro. And I, that was the, the attitude I was trying to bring out. And as I was building, as I was like trying to do my part to help craft your characters, you know, Evan, I knew you were a big Ric Flair fan, so like I tried to, I really tried to incorporate. You know, you had incorporated parts of that into like your move set, uh, into some of your speech, but I wanted to give you that um, in terms of your your legacy as well. You know, uh, Chris. You know the same thing with um, with Arn Anderson, right? by frankly, that, that enforcer attitude. You know that was always important for me to have you in the in a role where you were you were the backup. You were that big guy backup that always seemed to show up, and uh, I, and and so a lot of that you know played in over the years, but with different you know ideas behind different characters. Um, you know, we had our own Goldberg at at one point, so.
0: Yeah, we, uh, we kind of forgot to touch a little bit on it during the the arc of Purity, but, like, you know, you could really see that with the Forever, uh, storyline where the Guardians and Chaos and Jones came together to kind of, like, formulate that. You could see the the little intricacies on screen that you were were trying to do, and you could see it evolve, uh, beyond that after that point, too.
1: Um, And then, of course, for Digital Revolution 2, we would have kind of an interesting opener and closer for the show. Um, Magical booking and wrestling, being what it was, had led Christopher Chaos and the Archangel Brian Meade at the time um, to become the tag team champions. So you and I had to defend those tag team titles in the opener against the Bruinder Brothers.
2: Yeah, I, I have to say, I. Our tag, run, that tag run of ours was really. To call it what it was, it was literally who's better, you or me? Because that's what every match boiled down to. Everything you could do, I could do better. Everything I could do, you could do better. Yeah, we really yeah, very, very, very one upsmanship. Um, I was out to prove that I was every bit as good, if not better, than you every night. And failed, attempt, failed to you know, exit the ring on a timely manner by the ref, ring the bell, DQ, win for them, but we still maintained the tag titles.
1: It's true. And then it would go on to the main event of the evening, a an uh, Ironman match for the belt. And uh, I know it wasn't your first championship, and I know you won it the year prior, but I'll, I'll be honest. I always thought of your, your Digital Revolution 2 championship win. I, I always think of that as your first title win. In a lot of ways, like how Ric Flair's first title win is kind of overlooked, and you think of the the cage match with Harley Race, that's oh, how I, I think of, of your of your title win. And so, I, agree. I I I gotta ask, like, what was what was that like for you?
2: It, 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 I I agree with you in a lot of ways with that. It's it's really weird. It was. Historically speaking, it wasn't my first, but it felt more my first. Like, the first time with Surreal, it was, it was really I don't think, I I think I don't think it was like for me, it was like I'm here, but I'm not. Like, I'd gotten I'd gotten to this point, but I just I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to to handle that. I'd never kind of been that guy. Now here I am the biggest stage of the year. I just won an an overtime thriller and I felt like I'd arrived. Like I truly felt like it was my time, you know, to, to you know, to still kind of a scene thing, my time is now. Like that was kind of the mindset. It was like I was ready. I, I I I was prepared mentally, physically, all of that.
1: That was a good time. All right, I know we had planned to go a little bit further than this tonight, but uh, I think we are reaching the end of our uh, our time together, gentlemen. So we're going to pick this up uh, with more HKW history. Our, I know we want to go through the whole the whole thing with everybody
0: yeah but i
1: think I, we're gonna have to cut
2: down for the evening
0: yeah we'll, we'll stop there we'll pick back up uh the next time we join up with this chris you're more than welcome to come back uh it was a pleasure to have you uh
2: it's a pleasure well, we to, be to be here with channel, man.
0: yeah we, hey, we, i still
2: <laughs> I, I still after all this time have the history books so anytime you need it you know if you want a history lesson an accurate one i will be more than happy to provide
0: that sounds great. And if you ever see an error, feel free to comment on social. Be like, hey, we're we're about accountability here. We're more than willing to admit when we're wrong. Um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and answer our questions of the week. Chris, you're welcome to stay on the line. Uh, I think you could offer some valuable insight. Uh, well, well,
1: let's hear your answer. Let's hear your answer this week.
0: Yeah. So... We have what is the worst? This was the question of the week last week. What is the worst angle slash match ever booked, not involving Vince Russo?
2: Yeah, that's cheating. You can't use Vince Russo. It there, there was a few, and I, I have to admit, the first one that really stuck to mind was Shockmaster. That that just that it, it's just it. It really is that thing where it's. It, here you go. I compare it to, uh, Paul Romo. Paul Romo is a horseman. Oh like, God. It, uh, something that shouldn't have happened.
0: That's bad. <laughs> Just that's, unnatural. That's Michael yeah, James, Very man. unnatural.
2: It, 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 like it, sticks out like a sore thumb, you know, much like, you know, it, you know, I know we, you know, you said no Russo stuff, but like the finger poke of doom, um, so, yeah, exactly. It's too easy. It's, you know, yeah, like it's it, 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 it's that it's it like it's those moments that stick out like a sore thumb.
1: Yeah. Um. The one the one thing that I will give the shock master though, man, I've gotten more laughs out of that that man falling through a wall than
2: I ever would have dreamed. You, you know, you you think about it, you think about it, how long ago that was, and it's still a thing. Still classic. It's still classic, like. You can you can drop that meme or that that GIF anywhere, and it and it makes sense. <laughs> it fits.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's definitely iconic. Um, Brian and I we gave our picks last week. Uh, we're gonna read off a few of the ones that uh, some other listeners commented. We had Jerry Lawler versus Michael Cole at WrestleMania.
2: Oh,
1: oh, god! You were oh, live god. for that. I was. I was at that WrestleMania. And that hurt like that physically hurt to watch. To, to know that like you have you have you're at the biggest show of the year. Like I had never been to WrestleMania before, I was so excited. And then that's 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 what I, I had to watch Michael Cole live in orange spandex. <sighs>
2: I'm sorry. I, I'm, I, I'm sorry for you. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at least we got a Stone Cold Stunner for you
1: know everybody at the end.
0: Yeah. Uh then we had uh the dog food match between Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin. Uh, uh-huh. the Chamber of that Horrors. The Chamber of Horrors WCW match in 1991 featuring Abdallah the Butcher, um El Gigante aka Giant Gonzalez, Sting, the Steiners.
1: was that was that the one where they had the the electric chair? Yep. In the middle of the rain? Yep, it was. Oh yeah. my god. I,
0: I watched it this morning just because I was trying to remember what the fuck it was, and that was really bad. Like, mm. really bad. Um, We had people. Oh, men-
2: I'm doing butcher.
0: Yeah, we had people mentioning Piper in blackface and DX in blackface as well.
2: Um, oh, so bad. I'll be honest, I was young when Piper did that. And I didn't understand it, to me, like, initially it was a Halloween, for me it felt very Halloween-y, but, like, I didn't even like it as a kid. It didn't look right.
0: Blackface is I never was okay. Really,
1: I was really surprised, honestly, about the uh, the DX one, because, I mean, you're in an active feud with the Nation of Domination when that happens.
0: That was in the, the late 90s, that's the thing, it's like... You know better, and like I'm honestly kind of surprised more people haven't tried to like rile up and try to cancel the DX members for doing it. But like you have to think about it; like it's probably Vince and the booking team that did that. Uh, Come on,
1: Evan. Say what you're really thinking. Do fucking better.
2: (laughs) Do fucking better.
0: Hashtag do fucking better.
2: (laughs) I love that, dude. I have to say, I love that. Hashtag do fucking better. It's the truth. See, Chris will buy the shirt.
0: I, I would. Brian, I think we've got to make these. Got to make these t shirts. Got to make these t shirts. All um, right. Finally, the question for this week: uh, it is EFED Hall of Fame season now. Uh, many of you don't know this, some of you do. Um, Brian and I both sit on the board of directors for the EFED Hall of Fame. Features other uh, people such as uh, CFT. Uh, Matt 8star, Drew Gessner Rob Roman um, and a few others Uh, basically this is where we all try to recognize one another in the community for like the contributions of the community as a whole and their impact Um, the first two classes uh, you can read in the official EFED Hall of Fame Facebook group I will link that to the Standards of Greatness podcast group as well uh, and we can go over that maybe next week when we go do this breakdown but, um, in the spirit of that, what do you believe it takes for a wrestler to be worthy of the Hall of Fame and or to be a legend? Give us an event and real example.
1: And, and we'd really like to hear, like, some in-depth thoughts here. Like, the don't, logic. don't be afraid to give us a paragraph or two. We really want to hear what you guys think uh, really adds to that legend status.
0: Yeah, I personally think that the word "legend" gets thrown around a little too much, uh, both in professional wrestling and in Efed, especially in Efed. Um, mm-hmm. I think people don't really understand the context of it. it in an Efed, if, if you haven't been doing this for at least three to five years, don't don't even say You got no no ground to base it on.
1: I personally said, and this is just me. And I really do look forward to hearing everybody else's opinions and telling me how wrong I am on this. But I don't think you're I don't think you should ever call yourself a legend. I don't think you have the, the right to call yourself a legend. Like I mean, don't get me wrong, I know we all try to build ourselves up as professional wrestlers, but I don't want. I don't want to acknowledge me as a legend. I want you to acknowledge me as a legend. And until you're acknowledging me as a legend, I don't think that I've earned. You that, know what I
0: mean? That's that's my sticking point. Really, like when it comes down to it, I would rather be acknowledged by my peers than to ever give myself a nickname or to ever recognize myself as a legend of the best. It's when people like you guys tell me, "Oh man, we think you're one of the best." Or when when Rob comes to me and says, "Man, that's really good, fucking good shit. You're one of my favorites." Or like people like Dylan Mason, etc., say, "Oh man, that's some good shit." When people recognize each other for their contributions, it means more. And that's what we really want to hear from you guys. Give us that in-depth talk. Give us who you who you think are good examples, or what you think makes a good example. I look forward to hearing from you i know brian does chris is going to be watching um yeah it's been a pleasure chris brian uh yeah uh i guess this is uh gonna be us signing off this has been the standards of greatness podcast uh i am your host evan jones aka the wrestling god
2: i've been your historian and special guest chris chaos
1: And as always, I'm the Alpha Angel, Brian Me. Make sure to pick up your uh, Enforced Chew at All Fine Retailers, and we will see you next week for more Standards of Greatness podcast. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.